Hi, I'm Clark Ramsey, producer and host of the WLEW Sports Network. You're about to listen to the broadcast from Saturday, November 18th, 2023, for the state semifinals between the Beale City Aggies and the Ugly Bearcats. In a day filled with many technical difficulties, or at least strains, we failed to hit record until 90 seconds into the broadcast, which is where we pick things up right now. Enjoy. Nothing more than to send the Beale City Aggies home packing and move on to Ford Field next week. The Beale City Aggies entered today with just one blemish on their record, a Week 9 loss to the Harbor Beach Pirates. It seems that the Aggies have taken that loss as a bit of a wake-up call and are now playing their best football of the season right now. They better be because the Ugly Bearcats have been rolling over everybody, but this Beale City team is a good football team. They've been a quality program for a very long time, and they're going to have to have their best today to hang with the Bearcats. For now five straight years, the Ugly Bearcats have made it to at least the state semifinal game, but twice their season has come to a close by the hands of Beale City. I know for a fact that Ubley is not overlooking today's game with all focus on the Aggies. Oh, that just has to grind the Bearcats, right, knowing that stack. Because not many teams can say that the last four years. But they are focused, primed, and ready for whatever the Aggies might throw at them. It's the state semifinals in a battle between two blue blood programs, the Ubley Bearcats and the Beale City Aggies. Before we kick off our state final semifinal game, we'll host our media roundtable, take a look at the other area games, and do a deep dive into the game of the week. Beale City and Ubley. It's all right here on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network, being powered by Anchor Valley Services on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Beale City and Ubley in the state semifinals. Presentation on the WLW Sports Network is being brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Anchor Valley Services. Dia Services of Cassidy for all of your grain handling needs. Conic Radiator and Air Conditioning of Maddox. Rainy Sunny Center, 269 Guns. North Star Bank, guiding the way. Countryside Transportation, here in Auto Parts. McVeigh Insurance Agency. Mayport State Bank. Singer Smigelski Funeral Home. Harbor Beach Community Hospital. The Michigan High School Athletic Association. Obley Motor Service. And Sure Health. Better health, better life. Are you sure? Internet services are provided by Anger Valley Services on the blazing speed of their TrueNet 4G wireless network. Go to AngerValleyServices.com for broadband internet that you can count on. This game broadcast is a copyright presentation of Town Broadcasting Incorporated. All rights are reserved. Any reproduction with the express written consent of the WLW Sports Network is strictly prohibited. The Ubley Bearcats are about to play in their 65th postseason contest since the MHSA playoffs began back in 1975. Ubley's first playoff appearance was in 1992 when they lost to Gallagher 21-14 in the first round. Fast forward some 31 years and the Ubley Bearcats have now played in more playoff games than any other Greater Thumb Conference team ever. With today being the 65th game for the Orange and Black, going 42-22 in that time with 11 districts, 10 regionals, and three appearances in the state championship game. The Deckerville Eagles have played in 63 games, while Harbor Beach has 56, Lakers at 40, and USA with 32. Ubley also has the most semifinal appearances with 10 as of today, with five of those coming in just the last five years. Then there's the opponent today who makes all that look just like an honors, honest day's work. Beale City is making their 20th semifinal appearance today in their 112th playoff game since 1980. 
They've gone 2-0 against the LB Bearcats, both in the semifinals here in 2019 when they won 21-20 in Mount Pleasant before losing to Reading in the state championship 33-6. And then again in 2021, right here in Mount Morris, Michigan, 12-7 before losing to the state championship game to Hudson to 14-7. The moral of the story, both teams know what the stakes are and in both teams know how to what it takes to win. And we'd like to welcome you once again to Mount Morris, Michigan for the Division 8 state semifinals. My name is Clark Ramsey, your host for the last 13 years, and today marks my ninth semifinal broadcast for you on the WLW Sports Network. For the last 12 years, would be my broadcast partner, Dave Hansen. Thank you, Clark. Uh, again, good to be back here in Mount Morris. Uh, yeah, like I said, we had a beautiful day today, and those are some wild facts there. Beale City is a, a blue blood program. Like I said, they have, they have lived and died in these semifinals. They are a playoff team. They are very comfortable in it. It's nothing out of their nature, and I, I fully expect them to play a good game today. And we're quite grateful for a nice weather day here, Dave, as we are, well, I got some surveys back, and uh, we said we need to be more with the people. So that is exactly what we did today. Well, folks, uh, we are outside. We are broadcasting in the stands today in Mount Morris. We have a beautiful press box behind us, and there's no press inside of it. We're here outside, and it's a beautiful day. It's a nice, calm day. We do have a, a propane heater going on behind us. I already burned my coat a little bit already, so we're off to a great start. <laughs> You're off to a great off start. Off to a great yes, start. But, uh, hey, everything's working so far, and it does have a little bit of a college game day feel to it, yeah. so I'm kind of digging. I'm trying to make the best out of it, and so far, so good. Except we've got, what, two fans in front of us, not, not the crowds of college game day. But regardless, our director of sports information, Doug Cole, runs the roads from Livonia, Michigan for us each week to keep track of all of our real-time stats throughout the broadcast. Doug, your drive may have been just about as short as ours today. Right. It just took uh, only a little over an hour, and, you know, we're broadcasting outside. Can you imagine last year broadcasting in Petoskey? I would have quit, Doug. (laughs) You know what, fellas, they're going to win this game regardless. We'll see it in Ford Field. That's what I would have done there. Uh, Yeah, so how was your write-up? Did you make any stops on the way? I did, yeah. The write-up was really nice. Uh, I stopped at Gillies Coney Island uh, in Mount Morris. Not downtown but about five minutes east of here i had uh breakfast for the first time i okay. believe this year so i had uh, scrambled eggs bacon hash browns and wheat toast and uh, it was really good oh i also had a coffee i can't forget the drink too okay so it was uh, great and definitely 100% gets the uh, Doug Cole seal of approval. All right, fantastic. Thank goodness. <laughs> so dining with Doug can continue for another week as he travels the countryside and finds the local eateries. He gets the Doug Cole seal of approval when only deemed appropriate. Dan Banky has been our spotter for the last seven years and is a large piece to our broadcast success. Thanks to some scheduling fine nagling, Dan will be with us by game time, but not a minute or second sooner. He will be on his way to the game right now. Oh, yeah. Well, we're glad to have him. I don't care if yeah. he gets here five minutes Doesn't into matter. the game. It'd be just fine. We're happy to have him. And, uh, yeah, drive careful there, Dan. And our intern from Northwood University, Kendall Anthus, also had a Texas two-step his way around for some scheduling conflicts for today's game. Kendall, today's weather is a little better than last year's semifinal for you in Petoskey. Oh, hold on. Let me put you on air. One second. It's that kind of day. Go for it. Yeah, uh, I can feel my uh, extremities right now. Uh, so we're off to a good start. We can see the football field. <laughs> Uh, we know where uh, out of bounds is. We know where the end zone is. Yes, yes, the, the, sm- the small things. Yeah. That's all that matters. And it's the final step before Ford Field, and the Ubley Bearcats are looking to win their first time over the Beale City Aggies. We are 43 minutes away from kicking off, and you'll hear all of it right here on Sports Radio 1021 at Live and Worldwide at WLWSports.com. When we return, we'll host our media roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet on Sports Radio 1021.
You're listening to the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 and live and worldwide at WLWSports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Ken Alanthus, and Dan Bank with your call today from Mount Morris, Michigan. We hope to sound more normal. If that makes sense to you folks, we never quite sound exactly normal, but at least our voices more to our normal voices. We're working through some technical difficulties. We are not only outside today, but we are also... Uh, on a single thread back to the station with our internet signal. Uh, we have no internet provided to us. We had to provide, we we practically had to bring our own power as well, but I'm digressing. It's now time for the Media Roundtable presented by Thompson Chevrolet of Ubley. If you're looking for the latest miles from Chevrolet, look no further than the north end of Ubley and Thompson Chevrolet. Find new roads. Join me today from the Here and County View, the James Franklin of the Media Roundtable, Paul P. Adams, our Director of Sports Information, Doug Cole. Our intern from Northwood University, Kendall Anthus, the top spotter south of Copper Harbor, Michigan, Dan Pankey, and the defending champion in the meet round table, Dave Hansen. Through the end of the broadcast season, we keep score of our game's predictions, and when that time comes, we will deem a media round table winner. In case you have ever wondered if miracles do happen, well, Ed Klump secured his first media round table victory in history last week, and then he follows it up with a no-show this week. <laughs> Regardless, everyone is on board with at least one victory this season, while Dan and Dave are still tied at the top of the leaderboard with three wins apiece. Yeah, it's a good job last week, Ed Klump. We'll miss you this week. Uh, get better over there, buddy. But you did an excellent job, and congrats on your win. And uh, I love that's typical Ed style to go out on top, isn't it? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. He's out celebrating still. So how it works, <laughs> each meter represents picks a winner and a final score for this week's feature game of the WLW Sports Network. The winner is deemed by selecting the winning team and by having the most accurate point differential. If no one selects the correct winner of the night, Clark Ramsey will graciously accept the victory for the week. Since Ed Klump won last week, he will go last, but we don't have a pick for him, so we're just going to skip him completely. So today's order is Kendall Anthus, Paul B. Adams, Dave Hanson, Dan Benke, and then Doug Cole. Kendall Anthus, the tea is yours. Well, today we're going to see a Beale City team that we saw back in Week 9. Uh, they had a little bit of a struggle in uh, awful conditions uh, against Harbor Beach, up in Harbor Beach. But I think this uh, Bearcat team is just going to be too much for the Beale City Aggies today. So I'm taking taking the Bearcats, 42-14. 42-14, to so by 28 points, you're taking the Ebley Bearcats, 42-14. to Paul P. Adams from the Huron County View. Hey, it's good to be here. Um, you know, this is the one thorn in the side that Ubley has not been able to get over. Uh, not many teams have been able to slow the Bearcats down over the years. Um, I'm trying to throw that Harbor Beach result out the window. I, I do think uh, Ubley's going to be able to do pretty well in this game. I do think Beale City will slow them down, but not enough. Uh, my pick is uh, Ubley 35, Beale City 14. 35 to 14. So by 21 points, according to Paul P. Adams, 35 to 14. Ubley by 21. Good pick. I like that. Thank you. Dave Hanson. Yeah, that's my pick. Very nice yeah. pick. Um, <laughs> No, it's good to be back, guys. And like I said, I, I am trying to throw out that Beale City game in Week 9 because uh, it certainly has puzzled how I feel like this game's going to go. Beale City has been a thorn in the side, but uh, based on the, the first two picks, uh, I'm going to figure that the Ubley Bearcats are going to go and they are not going to stop. I don't think Beale City can stop this running game. Beale City may be able to spread it out, may be able to get some jet sweeps going, maybe hit a couple passes downfield. But I think by the time second half comes, the Bearcats will do what they do. They will wear you down. They'll control the clock, and they will blow the doors off this team. I think Ubley Bearcats are moving on. I don't think it's even close. Give me them 44 to 14. 44 to 14. Ooh. So by 30 points, Dave Hansen taking the Ubley Bearcats. <laughs> wow. 44 to 14. 44. That's me. 
Get some cold cuts. <laughs> All right. And that leaves Dan Banky. He's on his way to the game. He worked till noon today or somewhere right around there. And he said, one last hurdle before the big game for the Bearcats. We should be in for the dandy of a game this afternoon. These are the words of Dan Banky. Getting to Seal Beale City in week nine gave us a sneak peek. With the weather being terrible, limited the Aggies offense that night. With better weather today, we will see the whole playbook, and they will need it to beat a tough-nosed Bearcat team. But in the end, Dan Banky still thinks Ubley will be too much for the Aggies. Dan Banky has Ubley winning in a closer game. Ubley 28, Beale City 14. So the Bearcats by 14 points, according to Dan Banky. And that leaves Doug Cole. Well, unfortunately, I did not get to see Beale City. You were off that week. That's yes, right. week nine, uh, so I don't know much about them, except they are a... Uh, They've been a powerhouse. Um, I think Ubley will, I think it depends on the front four. I think Ubley's front four will be too much for Beale City. I think that will obviously get the uh, running game going for uh, Ubley. Uh, but they, uh, Beale City does have a little bit of a passing game. Uh, Jack Fussman's thrown over 1,000 yards during the regular season. and But I still think Ubley will control this game. I think I got Ubley winning 27-17. to 27-17, to 17, a field goal. Doug, yep. you were supposed to pick 14. I like it. <laughs> you were supposed to pick 14. So by 10 points, 27-17. to 17. I like these picks, fellas. Something about the fresh air really brings out the best of us. <laughs> So the experts have spoken, and with all five taking the Ubley Bearcats, myself included, but by default, I do have the Beale City Aggies in the event that does happen. I'm rooting for the Ubley Bearcats for the record. <laughs> On the low end, we have Doug Cole taking Ubley by 10 points, 27 to 17 by 10. Then Dan Bangy taking Ubley by 14 points, 28 to 14. Paul B. Adams taking Ubley 35 to 14 by 21 points. And then Kendall Anthes, 42 to 14 in favor of Ubley by 28 points. And then Dan Dave Hansen as the high today at 44 to 14. Good luck, gentlemen, and may the odds ever be <laughs> in your favor. And let's roll right into other area games, and we don't have a whole lot to discuss. One other area team is in action today, and that would be Millington in Division 7. That's a division higher than we're in today right now, and they're going to Westland to take on a small team known as Jackson Lumen Christie, who has a 9-3 and record, but don't let that fool you. The Titans are defending Division 7 state champs. They beat Clinton 21-14 for their seventh regional title in eight years. And Millington is 0-5 all-time in the semifinals. They beat Montrose 35-15 last week. Well, I'd love to see Millington get to 1-5 in the semifinals, but uh, Jackson Lumen Christie, uh, this, is, this is a blue blood program. Millington's had a fine season, but uh, I think the season ends for Millington tonight, uh, this afternoon. Jackson Lumen Christie is going to be too much. I totally agree. That record is just something you can't even look at. They play teams way bigger than them, divisions way higher than them. They, they compete every single week against some of the best teams the state has to offer. They will be ready to go, and this is where they thrive. So, yeah, take Jackson, Lumen, Christie there. But, yes, great season by Millington. These stats might be just uh, off, uh, but the ballpark here. Lumen Christie's left tackle is six foot seven, 300 pounds, is the number 26 <laughs> left tackle in America, and uh, is a uh, recruit for the University of Cincinnati. I would say that's pretty good. That's yeah, pretty good. It's pretty good. Other side, Menominee and North Muskegon going, trying to punch their ticket in Gaylor today in Upper Lower Peninsula. In Division 8, we're dropping stuff already. There goes, oh, there goes Doug's stuff. There oh, goes uh, Doug's. Doug's so. mouse just lost. We'll get there, folks. Through thick and thin, through rain, sleet, snow. A lot of wind, frankly, is all <laughs> we've got today. Ugly Bearcats in Beale City. On the other side, we have Whiteford. 
at 12 and 0. Gabriel Richard at 8 and 4. The Pioneers and Bobcats. Whiteford absolutely rolled through White Pigeon 54 to 6 last week. They're the defending Division Eight state champions who defeated Ubley last week or last year. Gabriel Richard snagged their first regional championship in school history, defeating Everest 31 to 28. What what a cool story for Gabriel Richard, right? To, to get the, that first regional championship in school history, but uh, they get the pleasure of dealing with Whiteford this week. Um, Whiteford won last week 54 to six. I would not be surprised if it is a very lopsided score. Whiteford is the real deal. The more we tape we've seen on them as the weeks have gone on, the better they seem to look. And uh, hopefully for us as Ubley fans this week, looking forward to what should be a classic rematch next week. Yeah, I agree, Dave. All year, Ubley and Whiteford have been one and two. Whiteford, obviously number one defending champions, and we are headed towards a rematch. Uh, and it was a dandy last year, hoping we, we get the same kind of game, but the uh, Ubley on the other end of it. But Whiteford, way too much for Gabriel Richard. And right now, eight players doing their state championships today in Marquette. They're inside. And Martin in Inland Lakes. I'm just going to ride that all day. Today. That's, that's, that's what we're doing. Martin at 10-2, and two, Inland Lakes at 11-1. and one. That game started at 11 o'clock today. You had to have not checked on that. And then the second game, the smaller schools in Division, or eight-player Division Two, Marion against Lenaway Christian. Lenaway Christian going for the school's third eight-player state title in four years. They're 20-20 20, 20 in 2021. They beat Deggerville last week 42-14. to 14. Uh, let, me, let me add, Clark, I'm not going to make yeah. any predictions, but I, I just got my eight-player All-State ballot yesterday. Yeah. A lot of players from those four teams, uh, some really impressive players. The quarterback for Lenaway Christian is going to be the runaway uh, eight-player player of the year for uh, for the Associated Press. His numbers are, are mind-boggling, and that team has uh, just run undefeated. So, uh, so the, these four teams, you're going to see their names well represented on the All-State team. Right, and to piggyback off what uh, Paul just said, Lenaway Christian is the, is the team to beat out of those four. They're all very good teams, but Lenaway Christian – Becoming a blue blood already, an A-player there, the team to beat. and uh, But it'll be fun to keep an eye on those scores today. And it's time for a short break. Paul, get back down to the sidelines. Bundle up out there. It's going to be a big difference between here and the sidelines. And when we return in just a short one minute, we'll have all of your action on the Beale City Aggies right here on Sports Radio 1021. Listen to the WLW Sports Network in more ways than ever before. Tune to Sports Radio 1021. Download the Cruise 102 app on your Apple or Android device. If you're listening via the internet, your best chance today for not dropping out might be going to WLWSports.com and clicking the play button right on the homepage. The app has a tendency when we get large volumes to start to bat out. We're still on air, but then the app starts to fail at that point. So go to WLWSports.com, click on the play button. That might solve your issue as it's going to be a day of troubleshooting for all parties involved you us the teams you name it and the beale city aggies are in familiar territory today it seems that every time you mention the word playoffs the town beale city isn't too far behind the aggies are making their 20th state semifinal appearance today winning nine of the previous 19 games including three in just the last five years Leading the program is one of their own, a Beale City grad himself, and quarterback of the 1994 state championship team in Brad Gross. Yeah, there's some good history here. Brad Gross, nine years at the helm, 74-24, and 24, winning 74% of his games. It's his seventh playoff appearance in nine years as a head coach. 
He lost in the state championship in 2021 and lost in the district championship last year, so they are happy to be back in the semifinals. Both state titles were Beale City, 1994 as the quarterback and 2009 as the offensive coordinator. Brad Gross had a large hand in those. For years, Beale City was a traditional wing T offense in nothing more. But with Brad Gross's influence, they've become much more of a passing team and as a result, a much more prolific offensive unit. This year, he has two-year starting quarterback Jack Fussman at the helm of his offense. It's a lot easier to do that when you have a guy like Jack Fussman. Yes. He is, he's a good athlete, six foot, 180-pound senior, uh, 53 of 95 passing, completing 55% of his passes, about 1,100 yards through the air and 17 touchdowns. In the playoffs alone, he has 20 of 32 passing for 300 of those yards and four touchdowns. He also uh, he does run, but very little, only when needed. He's got 50 carries for just over 100 yards and a touchdown. Uh, does, again, not a lot. In the playoffs, to put it in perspective, he's had 20 carries for a grand total of seven yards. Um, <laughs> they use him in short yardage, fourth and inches, fourth and goal uh, from the one, those types of scenarios. But Jack Fussman is there to manage the game and potentially make some plays down the field through his air, through the air. Throw in some big passes from Caden Smith and Owen McKenney. Beale City has thrown the ball 126 times this season. Despite that, the Aggies have not forgotten their roots in the power run game. Beale City has a forfeit win on their season this season so far, meaning that the Aggies have rushed for over 2,600 yards and 34 touchdowns in just 11 games. Leading the way is all-around athlete in Jameson Latham. Jameson Latham is, is their guy they like to get the ball to in space. He's an athlete. He's fast. He can go up and get it. 5'11", 190-pound senior. He has 52 carries for just under 600 yards and seven touchdowns. Uh, Lane Gross has 78 carries. He will spend most of his time in the backfield. Jameson Latham and Caden Smith will find themselves uh, outside the tackle, just beyond the tight end. They will go in motion a lot. You'll see them handling the jet sweeps and the outside running game. Both of those guys also have seven touchdowns apiece on the season. Of Beale City's 1,300 yards through the air, a third of them have brought in by Jameson Latham and another third by Josh Wilson, each with over 400 reception yards this season. Caden Smith isn't too far behind at 247, and Owen McKenney at 173, who brought in a pass last week for the first score of the game against Iron Mountain. Yeah, Jameson Latham, though, is the guy they're going to target early and often. Those are the guy that Ubley's going to have their best defender on at all times. He's got 24 catches for 500 yards and 10 touchdowns on those 24 catches. Uh, Josh Wilson has 20 receptions. Caden Smith has 13. Uh, there's another seven TDs to go around between those two guys. So they, they, they definitely have their three receivers. They like to use them. But Jameson Latham is 1A, the alpha in this passing game. He's the guy that's kind of in the slot running the jet sweeps also. They utilize him a lot and becomes Jack Fussman's favorite target. Defensively, Beale City is allowing just 8.6 per game. That includes holding to every opponent to touch two touchdowns or less, even in their only loss to Harbor Beach this season. That's right. Six one-touchdown games and one shutout have given up just three touchdowns in their three playoff games. That's one in each game so far. Keep it locked on your home for high school football. Up next, we'll discuss the other half of today's game of the week with the Ubley Bearcats. It's all on your home for high school football, the WLW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 and live worldwide at WLWSports.com.
Since the MHSA playoffs began in 1975, the Ugly Bearcats have been part of the action 23 times in 48 years. But what's more impressive is how the Bearcats are doing it, and at such a consistent pace as of late, especially in the last few years. In the last eight years, the Ugly Bearcats have made it to the semifinals six total times, including the last five straight years. The head coach responsible for the last four of those runs would be Eric Sweeney. That's right, Ed. Eric Sweeney took over in 2020 with a winning record of 46 and five losses, winning over 90% of the games he's coached. Uh, three Greater Thumb East titles, that's the last three straight. Just two losses in the regular season. Both came in his first year, uh, two in the finals and one in the semis. He has never lost a regional title game, having gone two and one in state semifinal games. Making his 47th start at quarterback and playing in his fourth straight semifinal game is a grizzled veteran who has yet to vote in a presidential election. Evan Perusky may have a lingering hamstring injury, but that's still not slowing down Perusky's drive to bring home Ubley's first state championship in school history. Yeah, he might not be at 100%, but that won't stop this kid. He is driven. He is ready to go. 5'11", 185-pound senior. Uh, he has missed four games this season, resting that leg, trying to get ready for this part of the season uh, in 2022. He rushed for 1,200 yards, threw for another 300 more, accounted for 25 touchdowns for this offense. Uh, this year, he has accounted for just five touchdowns, three on the ground, two through the air. But having the threat of him back there and the other guys we're going to talk about soon stepping up has taken the pressure off him, and he is going to be ready to go as good as he can be for today's game. They always say that few things are constant in life, death taxes and controversy in college football, as well as ugly playing smash mouth football the bearcats run game has been dominant to say the least get this in the last three seasons ugly has run the ball 12,972 yards in the last three football seasons nearly 13,000 yards those are absolutely insane numbers with this year being no exception in just 12 games the bearcats have put together 4,137 yards on 488 carries for 71 touchdowns as an average of eight and a half yards per carry and led by first year running back Candon Peruski. Yeah, Candon Peruski and Seth Maurer are your senior backs. They have really 1A, 1B, uh, put them in whatever order you want. But Candon Peruski is the true fullback up the middle, north and south guy. You don't see him sidestep anybody. He runs people over. Seth Maurer traditionally attacking the outside between the guard and the tackle if possible. The guy on the other side is really the guy that doesn't get enough credit for what he does, and that's Luke Vollmering. Luke Vollmering has uh, probably about 40% less carries than the rest of these guys, but he is such a good blocker. He is the piece to this puzzle that keeps this offense turning. The reason that Evan Peruski stays at quarterback and hasn't need to run the ball is because these backs block better than any of the backs they've had in years, and it starts with Luke Vollmering leading the way for the rest of these guys, and they just feed off each other. To go along with Albee's run game, the Bearcats have connected through the air for 491 yards and five scores and just 16 receptions. That just might be the most efficient pass game remaining in all eight divisions of high school football in the state of Michigan. And as it should be, if you can run the ball that good, you should be able to throw it at any point in time if you want to, especially with the guy, uh, the caliber, the athleticism, Evan Peruski. But those receptions have basically come to two guys, and that's Ryan Lehrman and Brett Mueller. And yes, Brett Mueller has 12 of those catches, 400 yards and four touchdowns. He's become the downfield threat, the field stretcher. He's got length, he's got athleticism, and those long, lanky arms, he's able to go up and get the football. He has been a downfield threat that really helps them 
people keep the run game honest. That you want to stop the run, but they play action over the top of you. They can have that whenever they want to. What's even more impressive is that to go along with Ubley's offense this year, their defense is just as head turning. Through 12 games, the Bearcats are allowing just 10.3 points per game. Yeah, it's six games with allowing a touchdown or less this year. Allowed just four touchdowns before the fourth quarter. No team has scored on Ubley in the third quarter this entire season. We're about 15 minutes away from the start of the state semifinals. Up next, we'll do a direct comparison look between the Ubley Bearcats and the Beale City Aggies. It's all on your home for high school football at the WLW Sports Network. You're listening to the WLEW Sports Network on Sports Radio 1021 in live worldwide at WLEWsports.com. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hanson, Doug Cole, Kendall Anthes, and Dan Bank give their call today from a beautiful Mount Morris afternoon. As the crow flies, 99 miles separate Ubley and Beale City High Schools. Today is a neutral site at Mount Morris High School, which is 75-mile trip from Ubley and a 91-mile journey from Beale City. The only more neutral site would have been SVSU Stadium, which would have been 62 miles for Beale City and 61 miles for Ubley. But I digress. That seems to be the same statement of the day so far. In regards to school size, we have the 6th and 12th smallest schools in Division 8 playoffs and the two smallest schools remaining in the all of 11-player football. Ubley at 182 students, Beale City at 213, the same number as Harbor Beach. So if I go in my student enrollment, it's Beale City by 31 students. Today marks the third time that Beale City and Ubley have met in football, both times in the state semifinals, first in 2019 and then in 2021. In 2019, Beale City won 21 to 20 in Mount Pleasant. Then again, on 2021 in this very field, the Aggies took that victory by five points in a low-scoring affair, 12 to 7. So apparently, Ubley and Beale City are set to meet every two years. We'll see you in 2025, hopefully at a different venue. Offensively, Ubley has the most prolific offense of the remaining four teams in the state semifinals. Beale City at number three. The Bearcats are averaging 45.8 per game, while Beale City is at number three with a 35.3 average. So on offense, it's Ubley by 10.5 points. On the other side of the ball, Ubley has the third best defense of the four teams remaining in Division 8, allowing 10.3 per game. Beale City enters today with the best defense, allowing just 95 total points this season with a 7.9 average. So on defense, it is Beale City favored by 2.4 points. Las Vegas has set the line for the game, and they're confident line, unless it's wrong. Our colleagues at the Ohio State University in Jimbo Fisher contract buyout in sports wagering department. Center factoring in all possibilities, stats, injury, weather, and location for today's game. The spread for sits at Ubley, 13.5 points. Today is the 315th day of the year, means there's just 50 days until the new year. We'd like to say hello to all of our listeners tuning in today, whether you're on your way to the game, out running errands, perhaps still complaining about the time change, which, Dave, that leads me to this week's trivia question about time zones. Okay. Time zones. Let's see what you got. This is a, I like this one. This, this, is, this qualifies in the Clark Ramsey satisfactory uh, categories of trivia. Yeah, I don't know if you can ever trump the uh, fire hydrants. Fire hydrants in Harbor but, Beach. But, but that, that was a good one. But let's, one, see, let's see what you got. That will live in infamy. It was on this date in 1883 
November 18th, 1883, that the four standard time zones were set in the contiguous United States and Canada. First question, Dave, is how many time zones were there in North America previous to 1883? <laughs> okay, um, well, uh, how about uh, 50 time zones? Uh, I triple that. 144 okay. time zones. 144 time zones in the United States. Before 1883, it wasn't that big of a deal for adjacent towns and cities to ha- not have synchronized times as it took days to travel from place to place. That was until one major industry made a major impact on timing and the ability to be precise when it was absolutely essential. What was that industry that set standardized time? I would be lost if I didn't at least guess the railroad industry. (laughs) Very good. You're very good. The railroad industry, because of the lack of time standardization, train scheduling was becoming nearly impossible to coordinate. Misconnections and even collisions were happening as a result. That brought the major railroad companies together to create and operate on a coordinated system of four time zones in 1883. Back then, it was quite common for someone to travel across the country via rail and arrive before they left due to the wackiness of the time zone. So, Dave, my final question Today, there are six time zones in the United States of America. What are they? Um, six of them. Okay, so six. we have Eastern, yep. Mountain, Central, and Pacific. No, that's out of order, but okay. Eastern, Central, Mountain. I, I'm just happy to get yeah, four okay. of them right. Yep, okay, there you just go. Let, let me keep okay. working here. Where are the other two? Um, there's a Hawaiian time zone. A Hawaii Aleutian. There you go. Yep. I better stop there. I'm drawing a blanket. Alaska. Alaska. There you go. Alaska. Alaska Standard Time was added in 1983, which is one hour behind Pacific. In Hawaii, Aleutian is an hour behind Alaska, or five hours behind Eastern Standard Time. Hawaii, Aleutian actually shares. It's the Aleutian Islands of Alaska are actually in the same time zone as Hawaii. If you've ever watched Deadliest Catch, they talk about the Aleutian Islands quite a bit. And speaking of running on schedule for a trip to Ford Field, Dave, what are your three keys to today's game? Well, let's start with the uh, the Elby Bearcats, and uh, this is... The time of the year where I love these broadcasts because, uh, you know, no offense to Beale City, we do not care about them. We want the Ugly Bearcats <laughs> and our local team to play really well. So uh, for the Ugly Bearcats, it's remain patient. That's number one. Th- this is a team that uh, is really wants to get back to Ford Field. They want another shot at this. Uh, and it starts with one of their biggest thorns in their side in the Beale City Aggies. They have to remain patient and, and let the game come to them. Um, the last time we saw the Ugly Bearcats lose a football game, open field tackling was a huge issue. This Beale City team wants to try to get back to that, expose them by getting to the outside, getting their athletes in space. You'll see jet sweeps. You'll see quick passes. Open field tackling, and especially around the edges, is going to be crucial. And third but final, Ubley has to play at their pace of football. They need to grind out drives. Yes, I know I picked an outrageous score for the LB Bearcats today, but in reality, if they take the football first and it takes them nine minutes to score, that is absolutely okay with the LB Bearcats. Play at the pace of your game. Keep those chains moving, and I think the LB Bearcats would be just fine today. Current conditions in Mount Morris, Michigan are 47 degrees with sunny skies. They're calling for a 0% chance of rain this afternoon. Winds are out of the west-southwest at 14 miles and gusting up to 18 Visibility is at 10 miles. Barrymark's pressure is at 30 inches, and the dew point is at 30 degrees. It feels like it's a 40 degrees out. Humidity is at 50%. Sunset is at 5.04 today, and we're currently in a waxing crescent moon phase. So I think it's safe to say it's a beautiful day for football. Sunrise at 7.30, sunset at 5.04. And so on November 18th, 9 minutes and 34 seconds, 9 minutes, 9 hours, 34 minutes of daylight. We've lost 15 minutes of daylight since just last week's broadcast. 
Now we listen in to a joint performance of the National Anthem being performed by Beale City and Ubley Marching Bands. Listen to that crowd, folks. Listen to the atmosphere. You can feel the breeze in the in the microphones today. It's a beautiful day for football. Thank you to Beale City and Ubley Marching Bands, both braving the elements. As a former horn player, I know what those brass instruments are like in late playoff games. Dan Banky, it's good to have you here. Uh, Dan Banky made it, and it's good to have you in one piece, even. <laughs> Thanks, Clark, for having me. Uh, um, there is a little secret parking spot, and... Turns out when you're on the radio, you get to park in yeah. that spot, and it's only about a 50-foot uh, walk here. Yeah, so. you're welcome for that one. <laughs> you're, you're, you're welcome for that. Well, let's take you through. Uh, Ubley won the toss, and get this, folks. They elected to receive. What a surprise. What a surprise there. As you can tell right now, we are in the stands today. We are in the stands, folks. And uh, we're again being for an interesting broadcast. But your empire is your referee is Gary Marku in the white cap today. Seven man crews in the semifinals and beyond. Umpire is Sims Johnson, linesman Robert Hinojosa, line judge Mike Ray, back judge Tim Flyum, side judge Luke Schmiggy, and the field judge is Michael Henry. All the experts taking the Ugly Bearcats in the media round table, anywhere ranging from 10 points all the way up to 30 points in favor of the Ugly Bearcats. Ugly 0-2 against the Beale City Aggies all-time, both in the semifinals, 2019-2021. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Ken Lanthus, and Dan Benke with your call today from a blustery Mount Morris, Michigan, but thankfully better weather than last year's semifinal game, if you recall, against the Petoskey, in Petoskey last year when we couldn't frankly see in the field at this point. Absolutely crazy weather then. Absolutely beautiful weather today as it is a beautiful day for football. Dave Hanson, any initial thoughts? Uh, you, you absolutely nailed it. Uh, again, the, the, the turf field is always cool. Uh, place. This is a, a very nice field out there. Both pans. Both sidelines are absolutely it's a full, house. full here, uh, standing room only. And, uh, yeah, let's get this thing underway. I want to see how this ugly Bearcat team handles the Aggies. Last time we saw the Aggies, they weren't very impressive, so I, I'm expecting a much better game from them. Kyle Martin's kick comes in at the 11-yard line, brought in at the 6-yard line by Colin Ozentowski. He runs right forward. He might have a hole on that right side. He gets all the way out just shy of the 30 before he's upended by the special teams. Leading the charge was Bennett Gildy, also been a linebacker for the Beale City Aggies. He's the leading tackler on this team, even on special teams. First and 10 for the Ugly Bearcats, right to left across the radio from the 28-yard line. All right, so far so good as uh, that low line drive knuckler uh, that uh, 
kickoff by Beale City. One hops right into the arms of Colin Ozentoski, which is a good thing because you get those bouncing around. Uh, again, as any good shortstop would know, take that on the hop, you know, the first hop, and brings it down in, in decent field position to start this game as Evan Peruski comes under center in the traditional wing tee offense. First and 10, right to left cross the radius, straight tee formation. Evan Peruski under center, handoff to number 30, Seth Maurer, tries to find a seam on the left side of that line. Gets out to about the 30-yard line, brought stopped by Brent, uh, Bennett Gildy again for the Aggies after a two-yard, two-and-a-half-yard gain. Second down, eight to go. So remember, the Beale City Aggies, they, they come from a wing tee base a wing team knowledge you now they have evolved and do some things different with the jet sweep on offense but that does not mean they don't have the knowledge the coaching that has been around that style of football and so far on that play five guys around that football making the tackle after just a two-yard gain for the Bearcats. Bruski settles under center there's the snap this time a handoff to Luke Vomery he's upended across out to the 34-yard line for a three four-yard gain stop made by Jack Fussman. Linebacker, safety, depends on the day, and pushes him all the way out for a third down, four yards to go. Ball hawk. Yeah. He's, they put him wherever he needs to be, uh, and that time he steps up because when that play took off, I thought Luke Vollmering had a lot of running room, but Jack Fussman comes from the middle of the field, chops him down, and now third down and four for the Bearcats. Third and four from their own 34-yard line. Right to left cross your radio, handoff to Kanapruski at the middle. He has the first down, and he falls across the 40 before he stops. Stop made by Beale City's Jacob Posh, defensive lineman, a senior, and move the chains for the Beale City Aggies, or for the Ubley Bearcats against the Beale City Aggies out to the 41. Yeah, Bennett Gildy in there as well, but far too late uh, as they, they fell for the fakes, and Candon Peruski, the fullback, hits him big right up the middle, gets all he needs, and a first first down of the evening, of the afternoon. Afternoon, there you go. For the Bearcats. Close enough. We're outside. It's all right. Evan Bruski hands it off to Seth Maurer on the left side. Gets out and a gang tackle. Brings him down at the 43-yard line. Led by Jacob Posh once again for that Beale City front line. Gain of two and all said and done for Seth Maurer. Second down, eight to go. Just the pace the Bearcats like to play, but just two yards again for Seth Maurer. The Aggies so far have done a good job of making that tackle before he gets to the outside. They have sealed off that gap between the left tackle and the left guard, and they have stopped that play now a couple times for a very short game. Second down, eight, 9.52, and counting here from Mount Morris against Beale City, still scoreless for the LB Bearcats. T formation straight chase, no straight chaser for the offense, and it's a handoff Seth Maurer around the left side of the line. He's across the 45, still on his feet, and forced out of bounds nearly at midfield at the 49. Forced out of bounds by Josh Wilson, middle linebacker, marking down at the 49 for a six-yard gain. Second down, excuse me, third down, two yards to go. A good recovery there because the Aggies are just diving into the middle. They are just taking all the gaps, bringing the linebackers right up to the line of scrimmage, and that's not allowing Seth Maurer or Luke Vollmering around the other side to move the ball at all. So that time, they come all the way around the outside. Seth Maurer is the far right back. He comes all the way towards us on the near side around the edge, using the other two backs as blockers, gets to the sideline, and makes third down short. 9.35, and his quarterback keeper for Evan Bruski tries to cut up field, and he can't because that door was closed immediately by Buell City's Kane Hooks on defense, the second leading tackler on this team with 52 tackles, one sack, and a one-force fumble. No gain in the play. Now still a fourth down and two for the other Bearcats at their own 49. Got to tip your hat there. The Aggies were ready for that, and Evan Bruski couldn't get to the sideline, and when he cut up the middle, there was another body waiting for him in a white jersey to bring him down, and, and fortunate to get back to the line of scrimmage. And with the, uh, the football at your own 49, Ubley takes the field in the offensive position. They're going to go for it. 
Fourth and two. Under center is Evan Pruski. Three men backfield straight T. Handoff right with the middle of Cannon Pruski. He's lowering his shoulder. He has the first down. Still on his feet at the 40. And he nearly broke out of that one. He's all the way down to the 38-yard line before all said and done. Cannon Pruski need to get to the 49 of Beale City. Instead, he gets down to the 38. <laughs> a 13-yard pickup for Cannon Pruski and a fourth down conversion. And Beale City did everything right. They had the gap stopped. I think Cannon Pruski, when he first made contact, was right there and had enough for the line of scrimmage or enough to get the first down, but they just didn't finish the play. He breaks through the arm tackle and takes off into the secondary, and they're lucky to bring him down, and that wasn't our first score of the day. 8.32 and counting here in the first score. Still scoreless, but I'll be marching at the up. Beale City 38. It's a handoff to Cannon Bruski right up the middle, and that one goes nowhere. Down to about the 37-yard line, tripped up by number 67, Jacob Posh, also the starting center on offense for after a two-yard gain. Second down and eight. Much better job there by Beale City yes. as uh, Coach Sweeney and company goes right back to that play. Uh, really been their best play so far is that fullback dive, that quick hitter by Cannon Peruski right through the middle. And after that fourth down conversion goes right back to him, Beale City chops it down just a gain of two. That was the play that uh, Beale City struggled to stop against Harvard Reach as well. Evan Bruski this time hands it off to Seth Maurer. He's shuffling his feet. He's out for the running. He's down. It's going to be a touchdown for Seth Maurer. Touchdown, Ubley. Seth Maurer rumbles in from 36 yards out. In for the first score with 7.46 remaining in the first quarter. And the Ubley Bearcats have struck first. They have a 6-0 lead with a PAT on the way with Seth Maurer rumbling in from 36 out. Virtually untouched. He bounces a shoulder pad off his offensive tackle. And then it's nothing but green grass in front of them. Seth Maurer are through the left side. The gap that they had stopped the first two times, they don't have any clue this time. Seth Maurer takes it to the house, and Brett Mueller will come on the field to attack and try to get another PAT. So with seven minutes and 46 seconds left in this first quarter, the first points have been scored this time by the Ubley Bearcats, and Brett Mueller's kick is up, and it is good. It's now 7-0. Seth Maurer with a 36-yard run into the end zone. Brett Mueller with the PAT. It's 7-0. Ubley over Beale City with 7.46 left in the first quarter on the WLW Sports Network. Are you ready for it? Meanwhile, back on the ranch, Brett Mueller doing Brett Mueller things and the boots the kick into the wind out through the back of the end zone. So Beale City will start at their own 20-yard line. Ubley marches down the field, 82 yards in nine plays, four minutes and 14 seconds, and camped off with a Seth Maurer 36-yard run for the first score of the day. 7-0 Ubley. Yeah, typical Ubley style. Keep it on the ground, grind out first downs. It took a fourth down and two conversion by Cannon Peruski and eventually set up Seth Maurer breaking free to get the first points of the game, and now Beale City's offense will come on the field for the first time. Left to right across the radio, and it's a handout to Jameson Latham. He's out for the running. He has one man to beat. He's at the 45. He's at midfield. He's at the 40 of Ubley. Down to the 30. It's a foot race with the 20, the 15, the 10, the 5, and he's dragged down from behind by Colin Ozentoski. Tracks him down at the 2, maybe 3-yard line. From the 20 of Beale City all the way into the red zone of the Ubley Bearcats, and the wind is suddenly out of the sails for a moment. And now Ubley's defense is going to have to come up with a goal line stand at the two-yard line. And nothing special for Beale City. As we told you, Jameson Latham, number six. You're going to hear his name early and often. He's in the slot. He comes over in motion before the snap. The snap is, handed, is taken. He has handed it off while he's in motion going from right to left. 
and he plants that foot right at the left hash, cuts up the field. There isn't a Bearcat defender anywhere near him, and then it's a foot race, and Colin Ozatowski from the other side of the field, the right corner, gets all the way to the left side of the field and cuts him down before he's able to get in the end zone. A 78-yard run from Jason Latham, and this time's a handoff to Josh Wilson, and they're going to mark him down at the half-yard line from the two. It was very close. It was nearly a false start on Beale City as well. Stop made by Devin Geiger for the LB defense, and now brings up a second down and goal from the half-yard line. I'll be trying to stay in strong here. Yeah, that's a good good recovery there, but for Beale City, they put a guy in motion, and that time the one running back in the backfield is handed off. The direct handoff, just a power run play. Those are tough to move the Ugly Bearcats, but when it's second down and goal from the half-yard line, anything's possible here, and this is where the 20-carry, 7-yard Jack Fussman comes into play. They might just get under center and try to push the pile ahead. Fussman under center, Lane Gross behind him as the tailback. Now wing back in motion. It's going to be quarterback keeper up the middle, and it's touchdown, Beale City. So the Aggies respond less than a minute later with a score of their own. Six minutes and 48 seconds left in the first quarter, and it's now Ugly 7 Beale City 6, and the Aggies trot on their kicker in Kyle Martin. Yeah, not much to say about that drive. No. One big play where the Albany Bearcats know these jet sweeps are coming. They know it's going to happen. I'm sure somebody's getting an earful right now, but you cannot let Jamison Latham uh, out of any of these guys get free in a foot race, and he was untouched until that about the three-yard line of Ubley. And right to left, and now a left-footed kicker to come on and tack the extra point. Kyle Martin. Number 10, it's a bad snap. He has to throw it downfield, and this one's into the hands of Josh Wilson. Or, excuse me, that's number, yeah, that is Josh Wilson, and he is short at the half-yard line, so the Ugly Bearcats remain in the lead as Ryan Lehrman brought down Josh Wilson, even trying to stretch out to get into the end zone, and it is short. It is Ugly 7, Beale City 6, with 6.48 remaining, still in the first quarter on the WLW Sports Network. left in the first quarter, and we are ourselves a one-point ball game. Ubley scored in nine plays, four minutes and 14 seconds and 82 yards. Beale City then goes 80 yards in just 58 seconds in three plays. As Jameson Latham goes 78 yards, gets him all the way down to the two-yard line, and then two plays later, Jack Fussman in the end zone for the quarterback dive. Makes it good for a score, but the PAT, the snap was bad, and they had to go for the two-point conversion. They brought it into Josh Wilson's hands, but he was stopped short by Ryan Lehrman at the one-yard line, and he couldn't get into the end zone. So it's 7-6, to six, ugly leading, and the Bearcats back in offense. Yeah, you got to look at that that snap. It was low at one hop to the holder. He had it, but couldn't quite get it flipped up in time. And you can tell this is a veteran team because when that snap happened to be bad, oh. Josh Wilson knew he was the outlet pass if that was to happen. They completed it, but Ryan Lehrman did a good job of wrapping him up just short of the goal line. Six down linemen for the Beale City Aggies on defense, and a handoff to Cannon Bruski gets tripped up at the line by number 53, Bennett Gildy with the stop after just a, well, for Cannon Peruski standards, of modest four-yard gain, second down and six. Yeah, it looked like he had a big hole, but Gildy did a good job of tripping him up, but he's a, Cannon Peruski's a big guy, long, and knew he was going down, got tripped up, just stretched those arms out. 
And like I said, it looked like a modest two-yard gain. Give him four on the effort, and second down and six. Second and six from the 24 in their own territory, marching to the left side of a radio into the wind as the wind continues to pick up here. Evan Bruski under center, three men backfield. Obli's defensive, or Beale City's defensive line shifts at the line. And out to Seth Maurer, tries to find a gap. He does, and he drags his defenders with him all the way out to the 30-yard line, and Josh Wilson finally wraps him up and moves the chains after a seven-yard gain, actually six-yard gain of the 30-yard line for Seth Maurer. Move the chains. You got it. Seth Maurer, when, once he gets between the defensive tackles and he's into the, into the middle of the field, that's when he's able to make that cut and he was able to make a linebacker miss. Again, he goes right to left when he's asked to run the football and somewhere around number 76, Mitchell Foote is kind of the guy he's working off of. That time goes inside of his spot on the offensive line, makes one cut back to the middle of the field, is able to get right to the first down marker. From the 30-yard line is a handout to Cannon Bruski. He's dragging his defender, Brennick Gildy, across the 35 and finally comes to rest at about the 36 and a half. So it's a gain of, we'll say gain of five in the place, second down and five, a short five, according to the spot for the LB Bearcats. Now you're starting to see the game started with a couple two-yard runs, three-yard runs. Now already they're turning into five and six-yard runs. That's a six-yard gain there, yeah. They're going to give them six. There's a, that's hard to keep track when they keep shuffling the football <laughs> no well after we made the call a minute ago that it was a five-yard gain. But they're going to give them six on the play, second down and four. Evan Prusky under center. From the 37, it's a handoff to Cannon Prusky up the middle. He's very close to the line again out to the 41-yard line. Jamison Latham wraps him up there after a four-yard gain and move the chains for the Ubley Bearcats methodically marching down the field for the second time today. They already lead 7-6 to six over Veal City. 4.45 left in the first quarter. Another powerful run there by Cannon Bruski. Again, he's the guy that usually gets it, and he's straight up the middle right between the two defensive tackles, and he gets between them, dragging that linebacker right to the first down marker, and they give it to him for another first down for Ubley. First and 10 from the 41. Same formation as always, and it's a handoff to Seth Maurer. Tries to find a seam. He finds a gap all the way out to the 45. He's hitting, getting hit at the line of scrimmage, which was at the 41, and somehow dragging his defenders. Can't get wrapped up all the way until the 45, where that's where Kane Hooks gets his hooks on him, a defensive end for the Beale City Aggies after a four-yard gain. Second and six. It's just the physical nature of these ugly backs, the entire team really, uh, they didn't even win at the line of scrimmage, but they did enough to knock the defender off balance. And once Maurer gets shoulder pad to shoulder pad with his offensive lineman, by the time they're able to drag him down, that body falls forward fighting for everything. He gets a full three yards. It's, it's a great physical run by Maurer to keep these chains, keep ahead of the chains. Another Maurer run, and this time it's around the edge, and he has a seam right down that near sideline. He breaks out another tackle. He's all the way down to the 32 before all said and done. That's where Jack Fussman brings him down from the 45 of Ubley all the way down to the 33 of Beale City for a 22-yard pickup. First and 10 for the Bearcats continues to march deeper into Beale City territory. Yeah, what you're seeing uh, Sweeney and company do here on offense is attack the middle and then normally where Evan Perushki would pull that keeper, what they're doing is they're using Seth Maurer on the right side running to the left and using Peruski and Vollmering as lead blockers around the left side. And uh, I thought it was a good run. I thought he stepped out of bounds, but he kept his balance and tightrope the sideline and turned it into another really big gain. Now the Bearcats are driving into Aggie territory. Working off the left hash. It's a handout to Cannon Peruski, and there are four white jerseys of Beale City to bring him there. 
Looks like he may have taken the wrong turn and ended up in Clio instead of Mount Morris there. It's a gain of nothing. Still second down, 10 to go from the 33. Yeah, what Clark means there is when Candon Bruce gets that football, it's right off the center, and he had the option to go around the center left or right. He went left right into four white jerseys. If he goes right, he probably gets his three or four yards he wants. No, what I meant by it was this game is supposed to be in Clio, and they have a bigger booth. Second down and 10 from the 33. On the far left side of your radio, the Elby Bearcats trying to put on their second score of the day. They lead 7-6 to six with two and a half to play in the first quarter. You asked me to be discreet. Yeah, yeah that's what you get. So I could do it all. The quarterback <laughs> here for Evan Prisky on the right side, and he's going to be brought down by Josh Wilson for a loss of three on the play back at the 36-yard line as Beale City... They knew that one was coming. Evan Bruski, of course, not up to full strength yet and just didn't have that cutting power like he normally does. Yeah, he may not have that extra gear, but he's got enough to make that oh, play yeah. hurt. And it was it was more on the offensive line in the end, missing the incoming linebacker there, number 11. Josh Wilson just flew right in the backfield. Bruski, healthy or not, probably didn't have a chance. He, he was hit way back in the backfield, missed assignment on the front, and you can't do that in this type of offense. You have to do your job, and instead, ball's on the 35-yard line, and it's third down and 12 for Ubley. Third down and 13 from the spot of the 36-yard line. Wing T to the right, working off the right hash, two-man backfield, Evan Bruski rolling to his left to pass downfield, wide open is Brett Mueller, and he brings it in the 15, to the 10, the 5, plunges for the end zone, touchdown, Brett Mueller! Brett Mueller lunges out for the pylon, and he hits it for the second score for the other Bearcats today. A minute 38 remain in the first quarter, and Brett Mueller brings in the catch from Evan Peruski. 36-yard strike into the end zone, this time through the air, and Brett Mueller says, hey, I scored six, let's throw it on seven. For us, we've been watching this team for four years. He's a left-handed quarterback. You have to know he rolls opposite of most. And on third and a long 12, maybe 13, you have to believe there's some sort of play action coming if you're, if you're Beale City. They completely fall for it. Brett Mueller slides out to the left side. He's wide open, and Evan Peruski doesn't miss him. As Bruce, as, uh, Mueller does a great job getting to the sideline, getting inside that pylon, and tacking on the extra point for the Bearcats, extending their lead 14-6. Brett Mueller gets all seven points, and that drive brings in the 36-yard catch and puts on the PAT as well. It's Ubley 14, Beale City 6, with a minute 38 remaining in the first quarter on the WLW Sports Network. Minute 38 remains in the first quarter, and the LB Bearcats tack on score number two. They lead 14-6 over the Beale City Aggies after a nine-play drive again, this time 80 yards and capped off with a uh, Brett Mueller 36-yard catch from Evan Peruski on a third-down conversion for the score. Mueller with the PAT. Mueller's kick goes 70 yards into the wind for a touchback, so Beale City will start out at their 20-yard line, left right across their radio. Empty back set for Jack Fussman and the Beale City Aggies. Looking downfield to throw. Has time and it's brought in at the 45. That is Lane Gross brings it in and brought down at the 48-yard line by Ryan Lehrman on the defense from the 20-yard line all the way out to the 48 for a 28-yard reception for actually from the... They're marking him now at the... There, there's a little confusion where the line of scrimmage is. That's the, at the Beale City 48-yard line for a 28-yard reception. We put two extra officials out there. It gets it, twice it, as complicated, it, it, apparently. Figure out that math problem, well, huh? We send more people to Congress. What do you think is going to happen? <laughs> Chaos. Yes. 
chaos or just inaction, which actually is probably the best thing that could have happened. But again, I digress. <laughs> a minute 15 remains in the first quarter. 14 to 6, Ubley leading, but Beale City with one big pass already on this drive already. It's a jet sweep to the near sideline. This one to Caden Smith, and he is going to be stopped at the 50 yard line after just a two yard gain. Tackle made by Skyler Smith for the Ubley defense. Gain of two, second down and eight for midfield. Yeah, back to the play before that, though. It's a straight drop back. Uh, four receivers running down the field, and we know the. The ugly secondary is, if there is a weakness on this team, that is the point that they've been working on. They've been mixing in different players. They've been asking uh, guys like Aaron Weber to come up and make, as a sophomore, to come up and help with that secondary. He's done a nice job, but they're young and they're undersized. These are some big guys catching the football. Uh, for example, Josh Wilson is all of 6'2", 200 pounds, a big target down the field, and when they passed the football, they were finding some running lanes. It's a jet sweep to the far side to Jameson Latham, and the Ubley Bearcats sniff that one out for just another two-yard gain. Tackle made by Cannon Bruski, linebacker, leading tackler for this Ubley defense. On the season, he now has, well, just uh, 60 solo tackles, 47 assists. Third down and six for the Bay, for the Beale City Aggies. Oh, he's absolutely the tone setter on defense for this team. They put him right in the middle of that defense and just let him tackle people. But he is a big kid that likes to hit people. He does not want to be out there defending passes, but does a great job in the running game, as you saw there, and we're going to be the finally at the end of the first quarter. After the end of the first quarter, it's Ubley 14, Beale City 6. Beale City facing a third down when returned right here on the WLW Sports Network. Second quarter now begins with Ubley leading 14 to 6. Beale City, though, facing a third and six from the Ubley 49 yard line, a third and seven. Lumen Christie leads Millington 7 0 in the first quarter. Whiteford leads Gabriel Richard 6 0 in Division 8 on a touchdown. Third down and seven. Beale City sending receivers wide each way. A cluster of wingbacks outside of the right side as a near back. Man in motion. Fussman looking down the field to throw. Now he scrambles to his right. He's going to take off for himself. He looks like he's going to be very close to that first down marker. He is hammered by Cannon Peruski at the 41-yard line, and that is going to be enough to move the chains by a single yard. They needed seven. They gave him eight all the way down to the ugly 41. A third down conversion moved the chains for the Yankees. At full speed, if there's one guy you don't want to get hit by, it's Cannon Peruski, right? And so, Jack Fussman, if you're going to come running up the field, I recommend you cut to the outside because you go to the middle, 21 is going to hit you, and he is absolutely at full speed stopped in his tracks right at the first down marker. Cannon Peruski's mouthpiece, I saw this last week in the photos, on above his mouthpiece it says danger. Like a... a, a, a Caution sign, yeah. danger in red. Love it. First and 10, right to left across your radio. Beale City into the wind now. Running back in the backfield, wing back on either side. It's a handoff right up the middle to Lane Gross, and he is chewed up immediately by Aiden Kohler, who's now playing defense for the Ubley defense after a two-yard gain. Second down and eight at the Ubley 39-yard line. Yeah, sometimes sometimes it's a semifinals, win or go home. I yep. guess get, get in there, healthy or not. They need him today, and that was a good stop on first down. 10 minutes, 55 seconds in counting here in the second quarter. The LB Bearcats have scored on both of their drives. Beale City scored in their first one in just three plays. This already is their sixth play of this drive. Second down 
Eight to go for the Beale City Aggies. In ugly territory, receiver wide each way. Wing back either side, man in motion. Jack Fussman with the quarterback. Keeper comes to the near sideline. Beals, or Ubley is swarming and is going to stop him for a loss at the 40-yard line of a yard of a loss. Lead the charge was Luke Vollmering. He jumped off the defensive line and brings him down for a tackle for a loss of one. Third down and nine from Ubley's 40-yard line. Big bonus for us is we've already got to see, I know the weather was absolutely terrible. We've got to see Bill City in person. And when they bring number one, Caden Smith, in, it, it is a run-first offense. They want to utilize his speed in as much space, let him evaluate the defense. Ubley has seen that tape. They know that that's what they're going to want to do. And it's a run, run more often than pass. And now as they get that stop in the backfield, forces a longer now third down opportunity. And let's see how this Bearcat defense swarms him. Caden Smith is now a quarterback, and they go for – Beale City historically has always done a Landry shift where the whole line of scrimmage comes back up and sets right back down. And when that happened, Josh Wilson, senior tight end, senior defensive uh, middle linebacker, he jumped. And this is going to push Beale City back five yards. So instead of a third down and nine, a third down and 14 from Ubley's 45, they need you down to the Ubley 31. Self-inflicted wounds, those, those types of penalties are absolute killers, and they are enhanced at this level at this time of the year. Uh, but at least on first down, you have a chance to get it back. On third down and 15, probably uh, secondary has to be ready. Now it's the question comes, if your secondary can't cover, are you blitzing? If not, these guys are going to have to stay with their guy for a lot longer. Now we have flags, and this is going to be a delay of game on the Beale City Aggies. So this is going to push them right to midfield. So pushes them back from the Ubley 45 back to the midfield mark. Mind you, just a moment ago, they were at the Ubley 40-yard line. Again, they probably will throw the football here. Hopefully for them, something quick. Try to catch somebody <laughs> on the run because now you're throwing into this wind. Third time's just, the charm. We just keep mentioning how strong it is to throw it 20 yards down the field. That ball can absolutely float if you're not careful. The bleachers are rumbling. A man in motion to the near sideline. Fussman, you know, Caden Smith, actually, the quarterback, is going to keep it for himself and throws downfield. He is past the line of scrimmage. And it's going to be intercepted by Ubley. At the 14-yard line. There is no flag at the midfield for throwing beyond the line of scrimmage. Regardless, though, that is going to be an interception in the hands of Ubley. Number 20, Ryan Lehrman brings in the interception and gives the first turnover in favor of the Bearcats. Ryan Lehrman, that is his fourth interception of the season. He had back-to-back interceptions against Bentley in Harbor Beach. Took last week off, and here he is with another one. Yeah, that was a big one there because uh, Smith, Smith, the quarterback, had a chance to run down the field. He had a chance to get eight or nine yards, but when you need 15 after the second penalty, he heaves it downfield. It's underthrown because of the win. Ryan Lehrman jumps up and picks that ball off, makes the play at its highest point, and forces the first turnover of the game. From the 14 in their own territory, it's a handoff to Luke Vollmering. He's upended after about a three-yard gain out to the 18-yard line for a four-yard gain. Tackle made by Buell City's Bennett Gildy, middle linebacker, leading tackler on this team, and a senior. Second down, five to go for the LB Bearcats at their own 19-yard line, left right across the radio, leading 14-6 over Buell City. Nine and change here left in the first half. A very senior-heavy Beale City team, another senior on this team, another linebacker that does an excellent job chopping down those running plays. Gildy is right on top of that play. Vollmering going from left to right, cuts through the hole, and that's where Gildy is to chop him down after a little over three-yard gain. Second down, five. I'll be taking their time. Wing T to the right, splitting the hash marks. Handoff to Cannon Bruski up the gut. Across the 20, out to the 21-yard line for a two-yard gain. Tackle made by Josh Wilson, other middle linebacker. 
for the Beale City Aggie defense. Eight minutes, 15 seconds left here in the second quarter. Ubley leading by eight points. This drive set up after a turnover on the interception. At time, uh, Ubley's kind of stretching the field a little bit, taking one of those wing backs, putting them over top the tight end, trying to load up on one side. They do a dive with Pruski the opposite way, kind of right up the middle. Not fooled are the Aggies. They make a tackle after a very short game, maybe one yard, maybe two at the most. Third down, three to go for the Ubley Bearcats. Hand off to Cannon Pruski. Breaks out his first tackle, trying to break out his second tackle, and it takes a platoon of white jerseys to bring him down all the way out to the 28-yard line. That is a heck of a run for Cannon Pruski. Number 13 on the tackle, Owen McKenney out of the secondary. Move the chains. They're going to mark him down to the 34-yard line for a 13-yard game. Actually, the 29 for an 8-yard game. Cannon Peruski, when he runs the football, he doesn't necessarily explode when he gets the football, but it doesn't matter what speed he's at. He is very difficult to bring down, and it took the fourth and fifth defender to eventually bring him down and get another first down for the Bearcats as we got 7.25 to go here in the first half. Ubley leads 14-6. to six. Wing to the left as Cannon Peruski handoff up the middle, gets across the 30 out to the 32-yard line for a three-yard gain. Tackle made by Beale City's Hunter McDonald. On the stop, second down and seven from Ubley's 32. Seven minutes left here in the second quarter. Ubley 14, Beale City 6. Seth Maurer leading the way with eight carries, 80 yards. Cannon Bruski nine carries for 50 yards. Maurer with the first score. Brett Mueller on the catch for the second score. This is a big series here for the Bearcats. Yes, they lead by a touchdown and a two-point conversion, but if they can kind of control the game here, control the clock, punch in a drive and not allow, because Beale City... If they get another chance this half, they get the ball to start second half. So a big drive here for the Bearcats. Quarterback keeper for Reverend Bruski tries to swing it around the left side, and he's met by Bennett Gildy nearly at the line of scrimmage. They might give him a yard out to the 33-yard line. This sets up a third down and six for the Ubley Bearcats, deep in their own territory, already leading by eight points, but would certainly love to keep this drive going. Yes, and if I'm Beale City on, on third down, they showed last time they're willing to throw the football. I think you have to respect that if you're Beale City. Uh, you cannot get burned again, letting wide open receivers run behind you in the secondary. So we'll see if Eric Sweeney decides this is the time to call play action or not. His running game has been doing its job. 22 carries already on the day, 137 yards, averaging six yards a carry. He's going to be a handoff on third and seven to number 11, Luke Vomering. He's across the 35 and dropped right there before Hunter McDonald can grab his hands. His second tackle in about three plays here. So now it's going to be Ubley, fourth down, three to go from their own 36-yard line. Do you punt this one away, or do you punt this with Brett Mueller in your hands with the wind at your back and pin Beale City deep, or do you try and continue this drive? The game, the game right now is the game right now is is in your hands. I, I, what I would do is let this clock run down, call timeout, settle everybody down, but the wind at my back and Brett Mueller punting the ball. I'm trusting that my defense that has led our team all year punts this thing way back and forces Beale City to go all the way down the field on that defense. And that looks exactly what's going to happen as Evan Bruski's still on the sidelines. Eric Sweeney talking to the official, and now he calls a timeout with one second left on the play clock. Ubley's first timeout of the first half comes with five minutes and eight seconds left in the second quarter. It's Ubley 14, Beale City 6 on the WLEW Sports Network. Oh, 
Obli facing a fourth and three with 5.08 remaining in the first half. Obli calls their first time out to discuss. Fourth and three, and they're going for it from their own 36-yard line. Dan Campbell in attendance apparently today. Left to right across the radio, straight T formation, handoff right to the middle to Cannon Peruski. He's going to be very close. It's going to be based on the favorable spots we've seen so far today. They're going to mark him down right at the 39-yard line, which is the line to gain. Bennett Gildy got his hands on Cannon Peruski. And according to the spot, move the chains for the LB Bearcats. A conversion on fourth and three. And they got about three and a quarter on that one. Move the chains for the LB Bearcats. First and ten from their own 39. I'm not so certain he did get 2.9 yards on that play, but we will take that spot at a first down, a gutsy call. But you trust your offense, an offense that is built to get you three yards. That's exactly what it gets. And Ugly stays in the driver's seat here late in the second quarter. It's a handoff to Seth Maurer right in the middle. He has room to run. He's finding his tiptoeing his way through the defensive units of Beale City. It's all the way out to the 50-yard line. A flag flies very, very late after that play was done at midfield. It came from the official, as now he's discussing with his counterparts. And it might be a, a, a high hit, if anything, as, as Seth Maurer was coming down. Yeah, as he was going down, I think the safety was coming up to help make the tackle, and it looked like to me when Seth Maurer's head came down, it kind of come into that safety's knee. So I, I wouldn't say this was targeting by any means, but that's what they're discussing. It has to be. And they're going to pick it up. No penalty on the play. I, I agree with that. That safety didn't lunge into him to tackle him. He was just there as the tackle went as came to rest so good no call there but a really good run by Seth Maurer gets a full 10 yards and now I believe it's another first down with the ball right marked at midfield 50 yards to go and they lead by one score 14 to 6 over Beale City four and a half to play in the first half straight tee for Evan Bruski and the Bearcats hand out to Luke Vollmering he's tripped up in the backfield and he lunges forward all the way out to the Beale City 49 Caden Smith was able to bust up that play and just a one yard gain for the LA Bearcats second down and nine yeah, the hole is there to run through, but it's the, it's the secondary and the linebackers. They have been stepping up, trying to fill those gaps. So the offensive line doing their job, but the, the second-level guys have been cheating up, helping to stop the run game. That time, they do a good job of only allowing Luke Vollmer to get one yard on that carry. Second and nine from the Beale City, 49 straight T. Peruski in her center, handout to Keenan Peruski, and he's going to be met, but still pushes that pile forward, forward progress all the way out to nearly the Beale City 45-yard line for a three-yard gain. As it stands right now, until they put the football down, we'll get an extra yard in the currency exchange, it appears, as they're closer to the 45 for a five-yard gain. I called that one. At least they've been consistent. Um, that every four-yard yes. carry is almost five, and that's – but, hey, uh, it's helping out the Bearcats here. Like I said, they needed every inch they could get on that fourth-down conversion in their own territory. It's worked out for them well, and 3.15 to go in the first half. Ubley leads 14-6, to six, and it's second down and six here as they get into Beale City Aggie territory. Splitting the hash marks at the Beale City 45-and-a-half. Going for the hard count, handoff to Seth Maurer on the left side. Cuts up field. He has the first down. is upended at the 39 of Beale City. Brought down by Owen McKenney out of the secondary after a six-yard gain for Seth Maurer. Move the chains for the Elby Bearcats once again. First and 10 from the Beale City 39. And they're having just enough set success running up the middle that they can dial up those sweeps around the outside, and they seem to have worked. That's what really where Seth Maurer's had a lot of his success is attacking and bouncing to the outside. Beale City is so concerned about the trap and getting 
those gaps filled up the middle that when they go around the outside, they have not been able to adjust and rotate. And Seth Maurer makes them pay on his 10th carry, getting another first down for the Bearcats. From the Beale City, 39, first and 10, left to right across the radio. Hand out to Seth Maurer, and he is going to be blown up in the backfield by Kane Hooks. Defensive end got himself into the backfield, and they're going to say got back to the line of scrimmage. And it's going to be no gain. Second down, 10 to go for the other Bearcats. Turkey is now, what, 49 cents a pound before Thanksgiving, and if you buy four yards, you get a fifth free. Oh, man. Uh, well, we're, we're having fun with them, folks, but uh, Seth Maurer was hit as, as he got the football in a clear one-yard loss. Uh, they had no problem marking that ball right down back at the line of scrimmage. <laughs> so, again, we will take that, uh, but uh, good play on defense by the Aggies. As they Wing Z to the right, Evan Bruski on the keeper. He has a play, cavalry of blockers in front of him, but Beal City breaks out of that one. He's still on his feet, and he goes down to the ground to the 39-yard line. Evan Bruski nearly could have been brought down back at about the 43 by Caden Smith. He broke out of that tackle, and they're going to mark him down at the 38-and-a-half-yard line for no game. Yeah, Seth Maurer missed. Seth Maurer just missed Caden Smith. He made a little better play and snuck around Maurer. He wasn't able to eliminate him from that play, and that's when that cavalry ended, and Evan Bruski had to kind of cut back to the middle of the field. You can just see he's not himself. When he cut back, he didn't have that explosiveness he needed, and that's when the rotation of the defense came over, and he just goes down for no gain on the play. So third down and long for the Bearcats. Obviously four down territory here at the 38-yard line of the Aggies. Wing G to the right. It's a pitch out to the left side to Cannon Bruski with the lead blocker. Luke Vaughn in front of him. Blast through that line. Blast through his second one. But there comes the cruise missile of number 65 of Jacob. Number 65 for the Beale City Aggies. We do not have that number, but we will give that credit to well, let's give it to uh, Cooper McQueen. Number 63. It's a different colored jersey. We got to wait to make sure they spot the ball. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, sorry about that. We're <laughs> we're trying to get uh, Kendall Anthus taken care of down on the sidelines. So it's going to be a fourth down and eight for the Ubley Bearcats, as they're going to let this play clock get all the way down inside of five before calling the timeout. As we very well might see a field goal again, as they call timeout, as the clock's still rolling, should have stopped with 16 seconds left, and they're going to say. So we'll, we'll figure out what exact time it is. But Dave Hansen, what are we going to see here? Are we going to see a shot downfield? Or with, you know, somewhere between 12 and 16 seconds, do we see, you know, a potential a field goal unit here from Brett Mueller again? Well, that's where that last play was a killer because if they could have got even four or five yards, to me there's no doubt. With this strong wind from left to right across your radio, that is a downwind kick for Brett Mueller. I mean, you see him on kickoffs boot it plenty far enough even into the wind. I think you take a shot. Um... But, again, I am not positive what his range is um, without wind, but he definitely has the advantage of the wind here, and it's definitely going to be a consideration. Uh, but if it's out of his range, and he will admit if it is, then I got to believe you're going to get Evan Peruski rolling out of the pocket and heaving the ball in field into the end zone as far as possible. And Ubley brings out the, the field goal unit. The line of scrimmage is at the 37-yard line, so this is going to be in the range of a 54- or 55-yard field goal with the wind behind Brett Mueller. As this will be a certainly big exclamation mark to finish this first half, already leading by a score, 14-6. to Probably would love to make this 17-6, to and I would certainly love to see it as well. Oh, man. If you, 
we're happy just to see field goal attempts. But what, <laughs> you know, it's not very often you and I get to sit here and tell we're going to see a 50-yard field goal attempt or longer. But that's uh, what it appears to be as the rest of this timeout runs down. Well, the, the, the clock shows that there's one hour and 65 minutes uh, left in this first half. So that's not going to quite work. As uh, So we're, we're trying to get 16 and a half seconds left. That's what we're trying to find here. As Kendall Anthes will be trying to catch up with Eric Sweeney at the half here. We didn't talk to him about it, but we're going to hope that he keeps his uh, keeps his uh, media inquiries open. Otherwise, Kendall Anthes will have to just do a, oh. uh, a Chris, is it Chris Thompson? Carissa Thompson. No, oh. Clarissa Thompson. Excuse me. Carissa, yeah, you're, you're right. Okay. Well, the good right. news is we're, 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 it's not quite eight hours left. We're down to eight. Eight, we're, eight uh, minutes and 30 seconds. Eight minutes, 30 seconds left. Okay. Remember how I was talking about those 144 time zones, Dave? I think we're... we're Did we just cross over we, one? We, we just went through another time zone. Fourth down, eight, and they're going to be kicking this one from the 44. So this is a 54-yard field goal for Brett Mueller and the Bearcats with some time left on the clock. Should be 16 seconds. Luke Vollering, the holder, gets a good snap. The kick is up from Brett Mueller and has the distance. Does it have the accuracy? It is good! Brett Mueller just hit a 54-yard field goal! And we got to see it! Brett Mueller had a solid five more yards behind that. He could have made that a 60-yard oh. field goal, and it would have been good. Took the words right out of my mouth. Brett Mueller boots 60. it in for three points to make it 17-6. to Obly leading Beale City. Oh, what a boot. I mean, just a thing of beauty, folks. Uh, he absolutely drilled that kick. 54 yards. Clears the upright with ease. Good from 60 if he wanted it. Uh, gotta love it off the timeout. And Ben Miller is firing up the crowd here, and we are apparently at halftime. And now the officials are keeping the clock on their watches. That's according to Kendall Anthes on the sideline. So we will see a kickoff here. It is now 17 to 6. After a 54-yard field goal by Brett Mueller. That just made my day. My oh my. So we cannot go off the scoreboard right now. Officials keeping the time themselves on the field. So Brett Mueller's kick with the win at his back. More than likely will be uh, through the back of the end zone here. Good kick. He's going to bring this one short, and it bounces at the five. Rolls into the end zone by a yard for a touchback. Barely. Barely. So, Beale City will have one more shot here before the half is over. They trail by 11 points, 17-6. to six, As Brett Mueller puts a huge exclamation on this first half, they now lead by two possessions by 11 points. And Evan Bruski is on the field as the free safety of all free safeties. There's 10 seconds left on the, play, on the clock, according to Kendall Anthos. Yeah, I'm not sure what the deal is. The scoreboard is working, but the time is not. So we will do our best to keep track of that. And thank you for that, Kendall. But good kick there. But wow, what a field goal attempt yeah. by Brett Mueller <laughs> extending the ugly lead 17-6. to Got to believe Beale City just has one play here before we go to the half. So 10 seconds remaining, and it's a sweep out to the near sideline to Jamison Latham, and they're going to bring him down. 
And they're going to say inbounds, and that is going to be the end of the half with the Albany Bearcats leading in the state semifinals. 17-6 to six by 11 points, and Albany is running to the halftime locker rooms with the lead in tow. Albany 17, Beale City 6. We're going to throw things down to Kendall Anthus. We'll have Eric Sweeney shortly, as Eric Sweeney is now actually power walking away from Kendall Anthus, so we might see a world championships of power walking here as well. 17-6, Ubley leading the Beale City Aggies. A score on the ground, a score through the air, and a score through the uprights. 17-6, and now we throw things down to Kendall Anthus, who has Eric Sweeney standing by. Kendall, take it away. Down here with Coach Sweeney. How, uh, going into half, what are you, what are you thinking? How do you, uh, gosh, wow, yeah. <laughs> what do you need to fix before going in, coming out of half? We we got we got to block a little better. You know we're not blocking well. You know they 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 they're really reading their keys well. That's they're playing some great defense. But uh, you know we have to uh, you know shore some of that up a little bit. Was there a little question in going into that Brett Mueller kick there, or were you guys going for that the whole time? Well, the thing about high school football is a field goal is a punt. So if he kicks it in the end zone, it's a touchback. So it really takes a lot of the danger of you know kicking it away. And we, we know he's got the leg to do that. And the wind was just right, and he just, he really got a hold of it. Well, thank you. Good luck. And thank you, Kendall. It's cold out here, folks. It's, it's difficult for all of us. But at, at the half, it's Obli 17, Beale City 6. It's time for a short break and return. We'll wrap up this whole first half action and take a look at the second right here on the WLW Sports Network. Time. It's Ubley leading the Beale City Aggies in the state semifinals, 17-6. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, Doug Cole, Dan Banky, and Kendall Anthus, your call today. All the nice things I said about Kendall Anthus last week, I take them all back. No, he did, he did great. He did great with Eric Sweeney down there. It's, it's cold. It's windy. You got the head coach of the one of the most winningest coaches in recent history in your face, and it's uh, certainly not easy to do. But right now, it's Ubley 17, Beale City 6. And Dave Hansen, how much tells how we got to this halftime score of 17-6? to Started right on the first drive. Seth Maurer, 36-yard touchdown run. Brett Mueller, PAT, was good. Ubley would lead early 7-0. But Beale City would respond after a big play by number 6. Jamison Latham sets up the one-yard Jack Fussman touchdown run. The PAT would fail, and Ubley would keep its lead 7-6 to on the next drive. Brett Mueller would haul in a 35-yard touchdown pass from Evan Peruski. The Mueller PAT is good. 14-6. Ubley extends their lead at the end of the first quarter. In the second quarter, there's a, it gets down to the end of the second quarter. They call timeout. And a 54-yard field goal attempt by Brett Mueller is good with ease. And Ubley goes to the half, leading 17-6. to And that drive that Ubley marched down the field to set up that field goal was set up with that by an interception. So, you know, that could have been a Beale City score. and then But instead, Ubley is able to turn that into 
three points right before the half is over. 17-6, to an 11-point lead right now for the Ubley Bearcats over Beale City. Impressive first half there. Ubley with 201 yards on 32 plays, two scores. Beale City, 11 plays for 122 yards. So 21 more plays of offense for the Ubley Bearcats, 79 more yards to go with it. Ubley is averaging 6.3 per play. Beale City, 11.1. But basically because of that 77-yard run from Jameson Latham to start the game. Seth Maurer leads the way for the Bearcats with 11 carries, 97 yards, and a score averaging 8.8 per carry. And has carried the ball 35% of the time. Cannon Bruski with 39% of the time with 12 carries and 57 yards. Luke Vollmering, 4 carries, 13 yards. And Evan Bruski, 4 keepers for a loss of just 1 altogether. Through the air, Evan Bruski has attempted 1 pass and it was brought in for a touchdown. 35 yards later, Brett Mueller brings in the score. And that was the second score of the day. And then Brett Mueller with a 54-yard field goal. With 10 seconds remaining in the first half, makes it 17-6. to And all the scoring points for the Ubley Bearcats. Beale City, they've had three drives, much like Ubley, also with three drives. They've had two first downs. That's six less first downs than the Ubley Bearcats. And they're just one for one on third down. Ubley three for six, but two for two on fourth downs on the day. Jameson Latham leads the way with four carries for 82 yards. Beale City, 94 yards of rushing on nine carries. 28 yards through the air on one completion on two attempts. Mind you, Beale City has 94 yards on the ground. 77 of those came on the second play of the day. Or actually, it was at the first play of the day. Very first Very play. first play of the day, which set up that first score two plays later. So, Jameson Latham with four carries, 82 yards. All of those but five coming on that first run. And he has the score for the Aggies. Jack Fussman, one Quarterback keep for seven yards. Josh Wilson, one carry, two yards. Lane Gross, one carry for two yards. And Caden Smith, two carries for just a single yard. Fussman, one for one through the air for 28 yards into the hands of Lane Gross. Caden Smith, 0 for one through the air. And that was an interception. Yeah, like I said, you, you take away that 77-yard run. There, there's a, about 45 yards of offense for Beale City. Yeah, it's a 17-0 ball game. It's, this game isn't even close. And Beale City got that first play. They got... That jet sweep to go all the way down the field set up uh, an easy touchdown for Jack Fossman. But since then, uh, Beale City looking for anything. They, they've even brought in Caden Smith to kind of run a little bit of a more faster pace, run first offense. And uh, like I said, Latham's got 82 yards and four carries. If you're reading the box score, it looks pretty good. But his other three carries go for a total of five yards. That's their second leading rusher. So th- there's just nothing to be had. The, the ugly defense Kind of got caught off guard on the first play. Butterflies, whatever you want to call it. They have completely settled in. And outside of one nice pass by Jack Fussman, which they've removed him from the game. How dare you complete one pass on one try. Uh, <laughs> Caden Smith took over in the second quarter, and, and the offense hasn't done anything. Matter of fact, he threw it to Ryan Lehrman. So offensively, Ubley does what they do. As we told you, Perushki and Maurer, 23 carries between the two of them, 150 yards between the two of them. Seth Maurer has a touchdown, grinding out first downs. Luke Vollmering's got a few carries, but... The play-action pass on third down and long, which could have been and probably should have been predictable for Real City, wasn't Brett Mueller wide open down the field. But Evan Pruski doesn't miss him. That play is set up by Ubley's dominant running game. And uh, I love, always love a, a good Coach Sweeney interview. we got to block better. Block yeah, that's, better. I, I absolutely love key. it. You know, they're averaging five and a half yards of carry across the board, and uh, we need to block better. I absolutely love it. Uh, and that's, But that's the style of coaching. That's the... The culture of football here is if we block better, we will continue to run better, and this wins will come even easier. What I don't understand, we saw this against when Beale City played Harbor Beach as well. They're very quick to pull Jack Fussman and put Caden Smith in at quarterback. 
On the season, Fussman has 95 attempts, 53 completions for 1,100 yards. Caden Smith is 10 of 22. So he's, our, he's attempted 23 passes this season. Uh, Jack Fussman does not have an interception in 95 attempts. Caden Smith has two interceptions in 23 attempts. Yeah, and the reason they do that is right here. Is is Caden Smith averages almost, almost 10, 10, yards, yards 10 yards a carry. So what they do is they get the motion going, get the defense moving around, and then he drops back like he's going to pass and just takes off. Uh, you see that a lot at the eight-player yeah, level yeah. where where one athlete on the field can really make a difference. Uh, but when you play an ugly defense, that is That's discipline. Not work. They make good tackles. They don't really miss a lot. That, that will work on a play or two. And then eventually they turn into three-yard runs because you're not fooled by it. Uh, I think they're better off getting Jamison Latham moving around, using Caden Smith the opposite way in jet sweeps, and let Fussman throw the ball once in a while down the football, or throw the football down the field. You saw that one attempt, they let him throw it down the field. He hits uh, hits for 28 yards in stride. And, uh, again, with a down 11 against a team that is really comfortable with the lead, grinding out the clock, grinding out first downs, they're going to have to make some plays happen down the field if they want to catch up in this game. So Ryan Lehrman brought in that interception. Luke Vollmering has a tackle for a loss. And here, so Beale City has run 11 plays of offense in the entire first half. Time possession, probably 18 minutes, 28 seconds. Beale City, 5 minutes, 32 seconds. So 11 plays, so that doesn't lead many chances to tackle. Cannon Prusky leading the way with three tackles on the day. He leads the Ubley Bearcats. Everyone else with one. Colin Ozentoski, Luke Vollmering, Ryan Lehrman, Skylar Smith, Devin Geiger, you go on, each with one tackle. Bennett Gildy, middle linebacker for the Beale City Aggies with eight tackles. Josh Wilson, the other middle linebacker with six tackles, including one tackle for a loss of two yards. Keen Hooks at five tackles. Jack Fussman and Jacob Posh each at three. Drew Block at one tackle. So, Dave, we heard Eric Sweeney say better blocking in the second half. <laughs> what are the, uh, what, in your opinion, what do the Ugly Bearcats need to do in the second half? Yeah, they're going to continue to pound the rock. We know that. Yes. But uh, it's it's Evan Prusky that has me concerned. And they, they've dialed this number four times. Uh, those four runs have combined for negative one yards. Uh, clearly not healthy. Uh, Beale City has been ready for that play. When I think the time comes, I, they're going to have to call his number. I think it's going to have to be on play-action pass. And just trust that he will check it down. He will take a sack if needed. He won't do anything as a veteran quarterback to cause this game to go the other direction. But I, I just don't think him running is the option. Whether it's Seth Maurer around the outside, they've run Cannon Bruski around the outside. I, I think they just need to continue to work inside and out with the running game. And don't be afraid to throw the ball a little bit. I'm not saying it has to be a 28-yard pass or a 30-some-yard pass down the field. You have your, your guys to easy dump-offs. Keep the Beale City defense honest. Working it in, maybe even on first down when they least expect it. Try to get a dump off that goes for seven or eight yards. That will be all you need to keep these Beale City Aggie defenders on their heels because right now their number one goal is to chop down Peruski and Maurer up the middle. If they can do that and force a stop, uh, they can get back in this game. But right now, all signs point to Ubley and grinding out some clock and smothering out the time that Beale City has to make a comeback. We're going to return in three and a half minutes with your second half action in the state semifinal game. It's Ubley 17, Beale City 6 on the WLW Sports Network.
You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. We played 24 minutes, 24 minutes to go. And the Elder Bearcats are leading by 11 points right now, 17 to 6 over the Beale City Aggies, a team they've lost twice to. Here at this same stage, the state semifinals trying to right the ship and get their way back to Ford Field for the second year in a row, their fourth appearance in school history, if the second half goes to plan. No question about it, but, uh, man, there's something about that field goal. Just man, that, I love it. That late force turnover by the Bearcats. Just they, they do the little things right that lead to big plays in the end. They take advantage of turnovers. They just do it better than anybody else. And, uh, like I said, this team is ready to go. But I, I don't like to say this already. We're starting the third quarter, but this feels like a do-or-die drive for the Beale City Aggies. Without a doubt. Uh, I'm not even saying they have to put points on the board. But they have to show life on offense outside of that one play. I don't think they have 50 yards of no. offense in this game, and they have to do something. And for you for you and I, it's got to be Jack Fossman back at quarterback. That's uh, 45 yards in 10 plays otherwise besides that first play of the day. Brett Mueller's kickoff goes into the end zone with the win at his back. It'll be a touchback 20-yard line for the Beale City Yankees start with a point as they trail Ubley 17-6. We'd like to say hello to all of our listeners across the entire globe today listening whether you're in Petoskey, Michigan, the home of last year's state semifinal game, or all the way in Minnesota from the entire Mueller clan, listen in from the far ranges of Minnesota on the edge of the prairie. 17-6, to Ubley leading Beale City. The Aggies at their own 20-yard line, trailing by 11 center receiver wide each way. Jack Fussman at quarterback, wing back on each side of that line. Right to left cross the radio in their road, white uniforms, Dallas Cowboys in another form. Fussman staying in the pocket, looking to pass. Now scrambles to his right, looking to throw. Nothing there. Now let's fly. And this one is underthrown. It may have hit the turf. Yes, it does. At the 28-yard line, passes intended for Jamison Latham. Ball's incomplete. Second down and 10 still from the 20. Hey, tried to feather that one in there. It, was, it had to be low because Latham did a good job of settling down between the defenders. That ball's just an inch higher. He probably catches it, but he, the quarterback, Fussman, threw it where he had to in between the defenders. Just a little low on him. Incomplete. Good coverage there, though, between a couple defenders. Ryan Lehrman, the closest one in coverage. Uh, but I do find it interesting now that it's probably going to be a little bit of a pass-heavy defense here going against the Bearcats. Evan Peruski is in the game right now playing defense. It's a jet sweep to Jameson Latham. He breaks out of his first tackle and gets out to about the 24, maybe the 25-yard line. And there he is. There he is, Evan Peruski on the stop. Helps up Jameson Latham gets up a little gingerly himself. So it's a five-yard gain. Second down, five to or third down, five to go for the Beale City Aggies at their own 25-yard line. And I think a lot of his troubles come with the, the, the change of direction, right? The plant and cut and, and try to take off with that explosiveness. But for him to play safety for this team, he's a good tackler. And if he can get going downhill and make tackles like that, he can chop down this jet sweep running game and uh, force Beale City to be in these third and five, third and six situations and probably have to throw the football. On a screen pass to the far sideline to Caden Smith. He brings it in, but there are the black jerseys swarming to him, and they're going to bring him down for no gain on the reception. Luke Vollmerin gets out in the flats and brings down to Caden Smith for no gain, and now it's going to be a fourth down and five for the Beale City Aggies at their own 25-yard line. Just great defense by the Bearcats. It, they don't fall for it. They they are ready for the jet sweep. They're ready for the screen pass. Nothing worked for Beale City. I think they got to punt it away and hope their defense can make a stop and keep this game close. So this will be number 60. Kane Hooks, also the punter on this team, is standing at his own 12-yard line and gets this punt away, and it's a, a, it's a good chip shot, and it bounces at the 48 of Beale City and takes a ugly bounce. 
to the Ubley, to the Beale City 44-yard line. So Ubley will start out on the plus side of the field, forcing a three and out to start the second half on defense. And the Ubley Bearcats are firing in all cylinders to start this third. Yeah, it was a good punt, but it looked like a, a Dan Banky wedge game. It hits the middle. His wedge hits the middle of the green and spins off the front. I, don't, I know you have never done that, Clark, but uh, Dan does time. it all the time. All the time. All the time, Dave. What are you talking about? Keep in mind on those punts, normally that's Evan Peruski back there trying to, again, make instant offense on special teams. Colin Ozentowski back there does a good job. Let that thing bounce, and your offense comes on the field already in Aggie territory, up 11 points. It's a handoff to Seth Maury. Tries to find a seam, and he falls forward out to the 41 for a three-yard gain. Kane hooks on the stop again for the Beale City defense. Gain of three on that, second down and seven upcoming for the Bearcats of Ubley. 9.40 left in the third, 17-6, Ubley leading. And that's just what Coach Sweeney wants to see. Block those guys out. Let Maurer and let those backs get into the secondary. Let them push the pile around. Give us give us three yards or more. We'll grind this clock out. Maybe punch in another score or two and squeeze out any chance of a comeback by the Aggies. Bergant's taking their time. There are still standing at the line of scrimmage. Play clock down to 12 seconds and counting. Evan Bruce Skinner Center, straight T, no chaser for the Bearcat offense as always. Double tight end set. Hand out to Seth Maurer up the middle, and the scrum pushes him forward across the 40 down to the 38-yard line before stopped by Josh Wilson, middle linebacker, third leading tackler for the Beale City Aggies today. And this season, less than nine to play here in the third quarter. The clock continues to roll off the clock, third down and four. Good defense there by the Aggies. Nowhere to run. Maurer just, again, pushing the pile ahead, fighting off defenders. But in Aggie territory, it's four-down territory. A long four yards to go here as we're clock rolling in the third quarter. Third down and four. They need to get to the Beale City 34-yard line. They're already in field goal range, as Dan Banky mentions. Evan Bruski calling an audible at the line. Straight to you behind him. Third down, a long four. There's the snap. Handoff to Cannon Peruski, and he dives forward. Looks like he never really got a good handle on that snap. But he's able to keep it and falls to the ground to the 35-yard line. Tackle made by Parker McDonald, the number defensive tackle and the highest number on this roster for Beale City. Fourth down in a yard and a half for the Ubley Bearcats at the Beale City 36-and-a-half-yard line. Yeah, it might not have been the prettiest play, but Cannon does exactly what you need him to do. Give us at least three. Now it's fourth down and one. It does give Bill City a chance to make their biggest stop today, but it's driver's seat and go time for the Bearcats. They could dial any one of these running backs up to try to get that first down. Fourth and a yard and a half from the 35 and a half, and it's Seth Maurer coming around the outside. He has the first down all the way down to the 32-yard line when all said and done for a three-yard gain. Tackle made by Jacob Posh on the stop for the Beale City Aggies. Another fourth down conversion and another move to change moment for the LB Bearcats. Yeah, Seth Maurer may be nervous there as he takes it around the outside and kind of cuts deeper into the backfield. Uh, turned a one-yard run into what had needed to be a five-yard run to get the one yard he needed. Uh, but he does just that, makes a good cut, follows his fullback around the left side, gets enough for a first down as Ubley looking to drain this clock and punch in another score here in the third quarter. From the Beale City 32-yard line, first and 10, working off the left hash, Evan Bruski surveys the defense. Now settles under center, and there's the handoff to Luke Vollmering, who is hit at the line and gets down to the 30-yard line for a two-yard gain. Bennett Gildy on the stop. That's the leading tackler for Beale City all season and leading tackler with nine tackles today. It's... Seven minutes left in the third, still 17-6 Ubley, but knocking on the door with a second and eight from the Beale City 30. Yep, just two yards on that play. 
Not so much luck there for Luke Vollmering today. He's he's really been the, the one, the change of pace back that hasn't broke free yet. But look for them to go back, working off that run, back to Maurer and Peruski on the other side of the play. Second down and eight from the 30. Hand off to Luke Vollmering, coming around the right side. He has a, he's chopped down to the 24-yard line. He had space to breathe, but there was Jack Fussman to clean up the tackle in space and brings him down two yards short of the line to gain. Third down, two to go for for Ubley at the Beale City 24. That's that sweep that you've seen Seth Maurer run quite a bit from right to left, but with the larger side of the field to the right, they just run it the opposite way. They run it to Luke Vollmering and then allow him to utilize the whole middle of the field, the whole right side of the field, and they just angle their way to the sideline, and Vollmering gets six or seven yards, and now back equal with the chains, now third down and three. Working off the right hash, third down, a long two, according to the spot. Seth Maurer gets the handoff, and he's going to be swallowed up at the line of scrimmage and short of the line to gain, but it looks like they're going to give him a yard out to the 23. Bennett Gildy on the stop again. That's ten, tackle number 10 for him and tackle number 70 on the season. Fourth down, a yard to go for the Ubley Bearcats at the Beale City 23-yard line. This is Ubley's comfort zone, but again, on fourth down and one, it is a chance for Beale City to make another stop on this drive and get their offense back on the field. Uh, but for me, on fourth down and one, <laughs> it's Cannon Peruski time if I need a yard. This is a no-stress situation, Dave. Fourth down, yard to go for Evan Peruski and the Bearcats. And it's a handoff to Luke Vollmer. He has the first down, down to the 20-yard line for a three-yard gain when they needed two, just a single yard. Tackle made by Josh Wilson for the Beale City defense out of the middle linebacker position. Move the chains to the 20-yard line. If it's fourth down and two, two and a half, that's when you start to sweat it a little bit. But when you only need one yard, it's very often you see the Bearcats get tackled in the backfield for a loss or no gain. Uh, this, this offensive line moves people, and these running backs are taught at a very young age. You move forward in this offense. You stay between the tackles unless told otherwise. You get ahead, so you at least get the first yard, and after that, Fight for the rest, get us three, and we'll keep doing it over and over and over again. On the edge of the red zone is a quarterback roll out to the left for Evan Bruski looking to pass downfield. And this is brought in by Touchdown. Brett Mueller. Touchdown! Brett Mueller having a career day for the senior tight end. Brett Mueller brings in touchdown number two through the air. And the Ugly Bearcats now lead 23-6. Evan Bruski connects with Brett Mueller for the second time today. 4.33 left in the third, Obli 23, Beale City 6, and the PAT on the way. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just an out route, flag route to the where he angles to the middle of the end zone, runs right down the left hash, and when he breaks from that route, he is wide open, and Peruski hesitates a little bit, pump fakes the guy that's rushing him, gets to the sideline, has a second opportunity, and doesn't miss it. Brett Mueller hauls it in, great route, great catch, and Mueller will attempt the PAT. And it is good. It is now 24-6. to six. Hubley leads Beale City by 18 points with 4.33 left in the third quarter on the WLW Sports Network. Hubley picks up the second half right where they left off. Brett Mueller rings in his second touchdown of the day. He's accounted for all but six points in this ballgame today. Good thing about it. 4.33 left in the third quarter. Ubley 24, Beale City 6. As Brent Miller brought in a 20-yard catch from Evan Bruski. Dabbing off a nine-play drive. 
Five minutes and 34 seconds on the clock, covering 44 yards. Yeah, it's, just, it's exactly what Ubley wanted to start the second half. Defense comes on the field, forces a three and out. Punting, making Beale City punt into that wind gives them excellent field position. They grind out some clock, grind out some first downs, and when they need it, they dial up play action, one-on-one coverage. Brett Mueller wide open. Evan Pruski hits him for a big score to extend the lead. So after the touchback, first and 10 for the Beale City Aggies at their own 20-yard line. Caden Smith gets the jet sweep to the far sideline, and he gets out for maybe four yards. Stop made by Cannon Pruski for the Albany defense. Gain of four, second down and six upcoming for the Aggies. Jet sweep from left to right as they try to get Caden Smith involved in this game. He's one of their burners, the opposite of Jamison Latham, their number six. Try to get him going on the jet sweep. As you can see, he's comfortable with the football. He had to really shimmy and shake just to get four yards on this Bearcat defense. Second down, six from their own 24-yard line. Three minutes, 55 seconds left in the third. Ubley 24, Beale City 6, man in motion. And it's going to be quarterback Kiefer Fussman coming to the near sideline. He has a little room to run. Leaps forward down to the 29, but he's going to be short of the line to gain by a yard. But then the near side judge marks him down at the 30. So it's going to be very close to that first down marker, but it's going to be third down, less than a yard. And the officials are saying move the chains. Just keep them moving. Just keep her moving out here. That's the key. I guess at least they're consistent, right? <laughs> yes, they are consistent. But the, that, the only reason that play had a chance, 53 was Bennett Gildy. He makes a great block on Seth Maurer. Seth Maurer just flying around the edge. He's about to chop that off. And Bennett Gildy just kind of pushes him deep into the backfield, out of the play, and that allowed Fussman to cut inside of them and get a chance to get to the first down marker. Um, obviously from here, and we're outside, so we're even closer to the field today. Yes. He was a full yard short, but nonetheless, a first down for Beale City. It's a Caden Smith quarterback keeper out of the, out of the pretty much wildcat formation. He's going to be try to be dropped in the backfield, but somehow gets out to the 32-yard line before Aaron Weber brings up and brings him down to bring the stop after a two-yard gain. Second down and eight to the 32-yard line. Right to left across the radio, 245 left here in the third. There's just not a lot of deceptiveness, a lot of fooling a defense when Caden Smith is back there all by himself. There's no motion. It's a direct snap to him, and then he runs up to the line of scrimmage looking for any hole he can find. He doesn't find one, just kind of falls forward for two yards. Good swarming defense by the ugly defense as they get even the secondary comes up and Weber's able to chop that down for very little gain. Wingbacks each way, wide receivers each way, tailback in the backfield. That's number six, Jameson Latham. It's a pitch to Latham on the sweep to the right side. He cuts back up midfield, still on his feet, and falls forward out to the 36-yard line. That's because Aiden Kohler had his feet and wouldn't let him go any further. So a four-yard gain when all of a sudden down on that sweep brings up a third down and four for the Beale City Aggies. And that's a, that's a running play that they should have developed early in this game. They should have got in move. When you get that running back going left to right, the running back that's hanging out over the right tight end becomes a lead blocker, and then the other running back in the backfield next to the quarterback becomes a second lead blocker. They just use them to try to create and set that edge. That were, that run was a good one. Goes for about six yards, but oh, there's two guys in motion there. For and that's going to be a false start. And the flag is still rolling. It's going to be a catch in the backfield to Jameson Latham. He's still on his feet. He's going to get the first down, and they're going to mark him down out of bounds at the 43, maybe even 44-yard line. So it's going to be a gain of eight on the play. There's a Beale City player down. And that uh, is number 67, Jacob Posh, big tackler here today. Uh, with four tackles so far today. 
also the starting center. Yeah, that, that might be even the biggest problem for them is the, the guy that's snapping the ball, and they're not under center very often. So to snap that ball in that pistol formation, that is not an easy task for just anybody to do who hasn't been practicing it all year. So crews are working on him and working on that left leg. With a minute 33 left here in the third quarter, Obli 24, Beale City 6. And we are going to take a short break, and we'll sort this one out after the break. It's Obli leading by 18 points with a minute 33 left in the third quarter on the WLW Sports Network. Minute 33 left in the third quarter, and the Bearcats leading by three possessions, 18 points, 24 to 6. Beale City facing a third down in nine to go as that flag flew and is going to push back any forward progress there. Yeah, yeah, getting back to that play, it definitely both wing backs over the tight end went in motion at the same time, so it's going to cost them five, and it's third down and nine. Back to pass, Fussman in an empty set, rolling to his right, looking downfield to throw. He's going to have to keep it, and he lowers the shoulder, gets out to the 35 at best. So we know that's the 36-yard line. And tackle made by Devin Geiger for the Obli defense. Going to be short of the first down marker by four yards. So it's going to be a fourth down, four to go from the 36-yard line for the Beale City Yankees. You'd like to think this is going to be go-for time as Obli is going to milk the clock otherwise. Yeah, the other part of this with Fussman at quarterback and you let him throw the football, he's athletic enough where these types of plays are there. When the pocket breaks down, Obli is dropping back six, even seven guys trying to protect these pass catchers down the field try to keep double teams wherever they can. Those are the little plays where Fussman keeps drives alive, keeps ahead of the chains. That was a nice run to make fourth down manageable. And absolutely, you're down three scores. you got to go for it here. And Ubley calls a timeout with 42 seconds left in the second, uh, the second half of the third quarter as Beale City was lining up to go for it. We'll stick with you. So what are we going to expect to see here from the Beale City Aggies? I think they got to let Fossman see the, see the field, make a throw down the field. Trust that the routes are going to be good. I believe at this point in time, this kind of lead, they're going to play soft coverage to keep the play in front of them. I think you have to bet on that. So you got to let Fussman make that decision, make a quick throw, whether it's a slant, not sideways. We saw that last series where they threw a jet sweep or threw a screen pass to the side. It went absolutely nowhere. This defense is just... Too nose-heavy around the football to get that, make that happen. It's got to be down the field. If you don't like what you see, we haven't seen ugly blitz at all. Don't like what you see. Fossman can make keep the play alive, scramble. Maybe he can run for this first down. But nonetheless, that's what Bearcats are, are reminding their defense right now. That's what the coaches are talking about. Keep the play in front of you. Be ready to react to the quarterback when he starts scrambling. And uh, the other part of that is we'll put Evan Bruski on the field just in case here on defense just in case something happens in the deep secondary. Evan Prusky, of course, been uh, last few games only been playing offense only as he has that lingering hamstring injury. Missed four games in the regular season because of it. Trying to rest him as much as possible, but still the Ugly Bearcats seeing at 12-0 and and facing a fourth and four on defense. And here in the semifinals, using him in situations where they feel like they can use his leadership, this is exactly that play. In an empty set, looking downfield to throw, scrambling to his right. Now he's going to have to let this fly. This one's way overthrown and hit the hands of Jamison Latham and falls incomplete because guess who was in great coverage there? Evan Evan Peruski. 
Evan Bruski breaks up that pass, and the Ubley Bearcats are back on offense on the plus side of the field with a short field at the 36-yard line of Beale City. Perfect timeout, perfect execution of what Beale City was going to do. Put the ball in Fussman's hands. The coverage is good. Fussman rolls out of the pocket to his right, his throwing side. He's got two receivers there, one short, one streaking down the field. He's open, but Evan Peruski is near, and the linebacker does not flinch. He stays right there, forces Fussman, who wanted to run, to throw it down the field, and then Evan Peruski comes over and gets his hand in the face, makes some contact with the football, knocks it down on the sideline, and gets his offense back on the field. So for the second straight drive, Ubley starts on the short side of the field, and they get across the 35, down to the 33, maybe even the 32-yard line. On the bottom of the piles, Cannon Peruski, tackle made by Bennett Gildy for the Beale City Aggies. That's probably going to be the last play this third quarter. Clark Cannon Peruski with that fullback dive right up the middle, just two yards on the play, but another quarter won by the Ubley Bearcats as they lead 24-6 over Beale City. And the Bearcat faithful can feel it in the air. One quarter to stands between them and Ford Field. They lead by 18 points, 24-6 over the Beale City Aggies on the WLW Sports Network. Out of the fourth quarter and on a second down and seven, the other Bearcats go back to their bell cow back. Cannon Bruski gets down to the 30-yard line for a three-yard gain. Third down and a long four coming for the Bearcats. They're, of course, in four-down territory. Wind in their face now in the fourth quarter, leading Beale City 24-6. Yeah, that's about the only advantage Beale City has in this quarter is when they're on offense, they will have the wind at their back, but... Uh, doesn't matter if they just don't get many possessions in this game. Ubley's just going to grind the clock, keep it on the ground. Again, we've been saying all day, with the way they've run the football, they can go play action at any time, and it'll work. But on third down and four, it's it's Maurer, it's Peruski time, it's Vollmering time on the ground. Out of the tee, they hand it off to Luke Vollmering from the 30 down to about the 27-yard line. Tackle made by Weston Anderson, defensive tackle, six foot, 200-pound senior for Beale City. Two yards short of the line to gain, so it brings up a fourth down and two. For the Ugly Bearcats, they can certainly salt this game away if they make this one, it feels like. I, yeah, Bill City's in trouble. They, they have just been able to do nothing on offense today. <laughs> Outside of the very first play they had, the football, the Bearcat defense has completely settled in, and offensively, to be honest with you, if this was downwind or no wind, I think I would just kick a field goal, just keep kicking, adding points on, but with the way your <laughs> ground game has been going, I got to trust my offense can get me two and a half yards here and another set of downs. A fourth and two is a handout to Cannon Peruski, and looks like they've got it. He's down to about the 25-yard line where they need to get to the 26. And tackle made by Bennett Gildy, who's been that uh, head-to-head battle between the running back and the linebacker positions of these two teams, and it's moved the chains. It's a three-yard gain for Cannon Bruski. First and ten for the Bearcats. Yeah, straight ahead, fullback dive, power on power. He gets hit right after about a yard, but he spins around and gets the first down going backwards, fighting and driving for those extra yards. Gets just enough, and a new set of downs here with the ball down at the 25-yard line. 10.05 and counting here in the fourth quarter. Probably 24, Beale City 6. Beale City marching right to left across your radio. They have the Beale City 25-yard line. And out to Luke Vollmering, bouncing it outside. He has room running. He hits the corner down to the 20 to the 15. Cuts up at the 10, and he runs out of bounds there as Bennett Gildy cuts the corner there. And so it's going to be a 15-yard gain for Luke Vollmering. 
And that was on uh, just another dominating performance from the LB offense here, working synchronously through all 11 players on the field. It probably doesn't matter because of the size of lead LB is built up, but Palmer's going to hear about that run going out of bounds. <laughs> Your job is True. to grind the clock, not get out of bounds and stop it. But it was a good run. 15 yards later, he gets a first down, and that's probably the most important thing. Ubley stays in control, stays ahead of the downs, and now first down, and looks like in goal from the nine-yard line. From the tee, working off the right hash, first in goal from the nine, after a 16-yard gain on that last one. Handoff to Seth Maurer to the left side. He's tripped up in the backfield, and he gets back to the line of scrimmage, and then another yard beyond that. Kane Hooks blew up that play. Gain of a yard, second down goal from the Seven and a half now, actually from the seven-yard line for Ubley. Clock continues to roll. Yeah, and Kane Hooks did a good job there. Actually, I think he hit him in the backfield, but these running backs just have a knack for finding a way to dive forward, fall forward, extend their arms. Uh, again, on a play where I don't think he got anything, and you look up on the scoreboard, it's second down seven. He gets, he gets almost three yards on that play while he's getting hit in the backfield. Coming out in the same formation, just about a yard inside the right hash. T formation for the Bearcats. And off to Seth Maurer, and he brought down in the backfield, back at the 10-yard line. Josh Wilson was able to get in the backfield, nearly took that handoff from Baruski. And Josh Wilson's going to come in for his second tackle of the day for a loss of his nine tackles. It's going to be a loss back to the 11-yard line, third down goal to go. Yeah, good play by him. Just an all-out blitz on defense, just trying to fill these gaps even faster than they have been all day. Gets in the backfield for a second tackle for loss. Third down and long. Third down and goal, though, for the Bearcats. From the 11-yard line of Beale City, the Aggies trying to come up with their first stop of the day. The Ubley Bearcats have connected every other drive so far to this point. They lead by 18. Normally, I would consider play-action pass here, but I think I could just run it. If I don't get anywhere, we'll just stroll Mueller out there for a field goal. Well, Cannon Bruski starts at the 11, and he gets down to the 6-yard line as even the near side judge is confused who had the ball carrier there and uh, another 4 or 5 yards beyond that. So they mark him down at the 7-yard line, and and Ubley rolls out the field goal unit once again. Yeah, and again, they could do whatever they want here. Even if they were to run another play and turn it over on downs, Beale City would then have to go 90-plus yards on this defense. They barely have 90 yards of offense on the day. So probably just in the driver's seat here, but I love this call. It's been Brett Mueller's day. Let's get him tack on three more for the offense. 24-yard attempt. Luke Vollmering awaiting the long snap from Evan Peruski. The kick is up, and it's blocked at the line and is going to be brought down into the hands of Owen McKenney. And they bring it in, and they're going to mark him down at the two-yard line. So, no points on that drive for the Bearcats. They still are in command of this game with 7.51 remaining, but the field goal is blocked, and Beale City comes up with their first stop of the day. Yeah, good snap. Looks like a good hold, but Mueller looked like he drive. He drove, just didn't have any height on that one. Kind of drilled the middle of the ball instead of the bottom. Didn't quite get it up in the air like he did on his other field goal attempt. And, and a much better effort by the Aggies getting hands up in the air and just enough to get a fingertip on that ball. So here's the thing. There's some question here whether or not when it's blocked, does it an automatic touchback, like Eric Sweeney was saying at halftime. It didn't get into the end zone, didn't get into the end I think zone. that's where that rule comes into play. So in theory, by number 13, Owen McKinney catching that ball, he actually lost their he lost field position by about three or four yards. Everyone is admiring this beautiful scoreboard here. At the moment, all seven officials and all 22 players 
on the field. So, Beale City back on the field. Now we have from their own three-yard line, and we have whistles from the far sideline, and now they're discussing this one again. That's that's coming from the Beale City sideline. They, they're having an issue with this clock. I'm not sure if they felt that the clock ran longer than it's supposed to. 751 at the field goal, according to Doug Cole, who is, of course, Johnny on the spot with that. And that's absolutely right. It's 751. So please do not tell me we're going to do these last 7 minutes and 51 seconds on the field. So it's 731 left. From the three-yard line, Caden Smith at quarterback in the shotgun. Running back, and that's Lane Hooks to, to his right. Looking downfield to throw, and this one is overthrown to Josh Wilson. Wynn caught that one and pushed it further downfield. Good coverage there from Colin Ostentoski. Falls that incomplete, hits the turf. Second down, 10 to go from their own three-yard line. And Colin Ostentoski does a good job in coverage there, not allowing the receiver to get behind him. He never did locate the football because I think if he did, he's got the best position to make that catch that tells you he does an excellent job in coverage that was a design pass down the sideline it was three-step drop and heave it down the field and hope josh wilson your 6-2 wide receiver can make a play but again it's downwind that ball sails on him colin ozatowski good coverage it falls incomplete second and ten from the three throwing downfield and this one's nearly intercepted pass was intended for lane gross and there was Cannon Bruski, who was actually the intended receiver, as he couldn't get, bring it in. And that ball was thrown right at him, and he couldn't bring it in and falls incomplete. And now it's going to be third down and 10 for the Yankees. Again, his job is to stop the running game. He's, he drops back into coverage. He's got underneath coverage, and the quarterback does not recognize that. He throws that football. It is right within arm's length of Cannon Pruski. He swats it down and realizes that he was the only guy in the area. And hands on his head wishing he'd have tried to catch that ball because he probably takes it back the other way for six. But instead, it falls to the ground incomplete. Nonetheless, still good job by this pass defensive ugly. I know we've been hard on him in the past. They're doing good in these obvious passing Third and ten, throwing downfield to the far sideline. And this one is going to be knocked down by Luke Vollmering. Pass was intended for Jameson Latham down the sideline of the 25, and there was Luke Vollmering to elevate and knock it down before Latham even had a chance at it. And now it's a fourth down and 10 from the three-yard line. You would like to think PLC is going to have to punt this one, but frankly, not this, sure. game, this game's out of hand already. I'm not sure if it matters, but I... They're taking snaps. The quarterback is taking snaps in their own end zone. I think they made a mistake by not trying to run the ball and get away from the end zone. Uh, on first down just to try to make a little room, but instead they throw three super fast uh, passes, and that's easy for Ubley to stop. They knock him down, and now it's punt time. And much better punt from Kane Hooks as Ubley had no one back. It bounces with the wind at his back and comes to rest at the Ubley 46-yard line. So that's where the Ubley Bearcats will take over, forcing Beale City with a three-and-out punt for no gain of yards from their own three-yard line. Ubley back on the field, 7.09 left in the fourth quarter. Ubley 24, Beale City 6. Yeah, very nice punt, but again, it's, it's a little too late for Beale City. It's <laughs> another three plays, another zero yards added into the playbook, and Ubley's offense back on the field again. They've been on the field for over 29 minutes in this game and counting as soon as they step under center here, taking over at their own 46-yard line. A good punt. That's a compliment for Beale City today. It's kind of like saying a uh, uh, you see a listing for a house and says, uh, nice, charming house. Yeah, okay, okay, we know the deal there. 
First and 10 for the LB Bearcats at their own 46-yard line. Right to left across the radio. Hand out to Seth Maurer. Reverses fields and goes right up the gut instead. Instead of coming around the left side. And he gets it right to midfield for a four-yard gain. Stop made by Weston Anderson for the Beale City defense. Second down, six to go. Yeah, they got guys in the backfield. Number 60, Kane Hooks is in the backfield. As soon as Seth Maurer gets the football and Maurer is able to get the football, plan his foot, and Hooks goes flying right by to miss him and turns it into a five-yard gain. Those are the little things that make a huge difference in this offense. Even when they don't block as well as they are coached to be, those running backs still find a way to make a guy miss and turn a negative play into a very good one, bringing up second down at six. Probably letting this play clock come down as low as possible before snapping it. Evan Brisky hands it off to Luke Vomering, cuts up field across midfield down to about the 46-yard line when all said and done for another four-yard pickup. For the for the Ubley Bearcats today, tackle made by number 70, Weston Anderson for the Beale City Yankees. Third down and two for the Bearcats. Just keep it going here for the Bearcats. Another run, run left, run right. Give me six yards, give me four yards, but third down and two. That is go time for the Bearcats already in Aggie territory. Four down territory, another first down, maybe two more first downs. Ubley can run the clock down and move on to Ford Field next week. Halfway through the fourth quarter, Ubley 24, Beale City 6. The Bearcats on offense facing a third and two from the Aggie 46-yard line. Aggie's showing pressure. Hand off to number 11, Luke Vomery. He blasts past those defenders going the other way, and he gets all the way down to the 39-yard line for a seven-yard pickup. Tackle made by Owen McKenney out of the secondary at junior safety. First and 10 for Ubley at the Beale City 39. Yeah, the clock will stop momentarily as they move those chains, but as soon as they are in position, that clock will start rolling, and Ubley, and another first down, and a couple more minutes they can run off this clock. First and 10 from the Beale City 39, leading by 18 points, five and a half to play in the fourth quarter of the state semifinal game from Mount Morris, Michigan. Clark Ramsey, Dave Hansen, with your call today, and also with us, Kendall Anthus, Dan Benke, and Doug Cole. Evan Bruski under center, straight T behind him, three men in the backfield. Handoff to Luke Vomering, finds a gap on the right side of the line and pushes the pile forward down to the 35-yard line. This will be a four-yard game before he's stopped by Josh Wilson, middle linebacker, for his 10th tackle of the day. Second down, six to go for the Ubley Bearcats. It's just funny how the Ubley Bearcats, it's the same story each week, right? They, they grind you out, they beat you down in the first half and in the second half. They are fresh as a daisy, and here we are in obvious running situations, obvious times where they want to keep the ball on the ground and run the football, and they're getting five yards on first down. You know it's coming. You just can't stop it. 4.35 and counting. Probably leading by three scores. Facing a second down and six from the Aggie 35-yard line. Right to left across the radio in their home black uniforms. It's in a handoff to Luke Vomering. as a scrum at the 33, and they get down to about the 31 and a half. We'll see where they mark this one down. Tackle made by number 65 of the Beale City Aggies, who we do not know who that is. And we have a timeout called by the Beale City Aggies trying to preserve as much play clock as possible with 4.13 remaining in the fourth quarter. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. Well, meanwhile, back in the ranch, you may have just missed one of the most rare moments for the ugly offense this season. A more than likely hold called on the Bearcat front line. 
4.07 left in the fourth quarter. It was a run to Seth Mowry. He had the first down. Got all the way down to the 24-yard line. Five yards past the first down marker on a third down and two. And it is indeed a hold against the Ebley Bearcats. This will push him back 10 yards from the original line of scrimmage at the 31. And it'll be repeat the down, third down and 12 for the Bearcat offense. 4.07 remains in the fourth quarter. Ebley 24, Beale City 6. From Mount Morris, Michigan in the state semifinals. Winner goes on to play in the state championship game, more than likely the Whiteford Bobcats. I don't like Whiteford. That's certainly the way it seems. The last time uh, we checked, I think it was 28 28 nothing nothing. there, Clark. So uh, that's certainly what it feels to be there. But um, back to this football game, I don't think there was a hold on the offensive line. I think think one of the other running backs uh, coming out of the backfield on that sweep, Maurer coming around trying to attack the sideline, get that first down. Either Peruski or Vollmering, I think they're going to get out in the open there for a flag and a hold. That's going to make it third down and 12 for Ubley. They didn't get down to the Beale City 29. They're currently at the 41. Evan Bruski hands off to Luke Vollmering coming around the right side. He has room to run, and he's going to be brought down in space at about the 36-yard line. Owen McKenney came out of the safety position to stop Luke Vollmering. They call another timeout with 3.37 remaining in the fourth quarter. So Beale City should have one more timeout remaining. As Okay, so say in Beale City's mind, they come up with a stop here. They get the ball back. They have to score three times in three minutes and 37 seconds with one timeout well, do you or remember, no timeout. Do you remember that one play that happened like right when we first got here? They had 77 yards in one play. Yeah, and I think uh, uh, they're the, hoping for that miracle on repeat. I think the uh, the likes of the Ugly Bearcat coaching staff have shored that one up uh, and then some ever since. And uh, I'm not sure that one is there. Whoever, whoever missed that spot will have nightmares about that yeah. play 10 years from now. Well, that's that's how precise these guys are on defense. Uh, nightmares of the miss or yes. nightmares of the talking to from the ugly coaching staff that he didn't miss it indeed. Uh, it might all be one just very long nightmare, Clark. The reason we bring this up is because Beale City had 77 yards in their very first play of the game. They have 148 since. So just under half of their entire offense came in their very first play of offense. The other 70, or excuse me, other 81 yards have come in the last 22 plays. Beale City is more than likely going to end up with two losses on their season, both coming from thumb teams. Evan Bruski facing a fourth down and eight rolls to his left, looking downfield to Brett Mueller. Nothing there, and it's brought in at the 18-yard line, brought in this time by Ryan Lehrman. Ryan Lehrman converts on the fourth down, tackle made by Jack Fussman. Ryan Lehrman is the second leading receiver on this team. That's his third reception all season. He had a reception in week number four, and then a reception against Bentley. Tag on reception number three, this time a first down conversion, all the way down to the 16-yard line. It's, it's been a day where Beale City's defense just can't finish the drive off. That's six of six, if I'm counting right, on fourth down conversions for the Ugly Bearcats today. <laughs> Those are just demoralizing for a defense. You force fourth down that many times, and Ugly converts on every single one of them. And now with 3.02 remaining in this game, more groundwork and a couple more minutes off the clock. Luke Vollmering gets the handoff from Evan Bruski from the 16 all the way down to the 12-yard line. Tackle made by Weston Anderson, defensive tackle, senior for the Beale City Yankees. 
after a four-yard gain. Second down in a long six. Clock rolls under two minutes and 45 seconds with 18-point lead in tow. You said even in obvious running situations, they're still getting four and five yards on each of those carries. Beale City just wore down. You could see it on their faces, hands on their hips. They just are out of gas, and the Ubley Bearcats are in their comfort zone running down this clock and just controlling the pace of this game right from the get-go. Two minutes and counting here in the fourth quarter. 24-6, Ubley over Beale City. Luke Vollmer gets the handoff, and he tripped. He, he tripped over his own feet in the backfield, and he's going to be brings himself down at the 13-yard line for no gain. Third down and still seven to go. As like Dan Bengi said, we might see another field goal attempt here from the Ubley Bearcats. They currently leave by 18, though, regardless. Yeah, no, he just slipped as he tried to cut. I don't, I don't think the goal here is to kick another field goal. Uh, the goal is to make sure Bill City's offense does not touch the field at all here. But nonetheless, a 24-6 lead for the Bearcats. Outstanding performance. 55 rushing attempts by this offense and counting as they come under center here on third down and seven. 24-6 is the third down and seven handoff to Seth Maurer. He's inside the 10 and finally dropped at the eight-yard line. For a solid five-yard gain, tackle made by Josh Wilson. Brings up a fourth down and manageable. Fourth down and two, like Dave said, Obley is six for six on fourth downs today. One minute, 12 seconds. By the time the snap is made, we'll be well under 45 seconds. Yeah, again, any other situation in the middle of the game, no problem kicking a field goal here. You obviously can do it. The last one was blocked. And in this scenario, under a minute to go, I leave my offense on the field, try to grind out that last first down and then you can kneel the ball and finish this game. It's going to be a handoff to Luke Vollmering right up the middle. He's across the five-yard line, gets the first down, and another fourth down conversion down to the three-yard line. And tackle made by Weston Anderson in the Ubley Bearcats in familiar territory here with less than a minute to play. The clock continues to roll. They'll just need one more snap, and this ball game is over, and the Ubley Bearcats will return to Ford Field. First down, goal to go from the three. Everyone's on their feet. Twenty-five seconds left. One more kneel or one more snap here from Evan Bruski, and there's the Jenny Fleck. And the Ubley Bearcats are canceling Thanksgiving plans yet again. Evan Bruski and the Bearcats return to Ford Field for the second year in a row. And after two failed attempts against the Beale City Aggies, they get the third time to be the charm. They defeat the Aggies in commanding fashion. Never trailed in this ball game. It was close at the beginning. That was it, though. Ever since then. All Bearcats all day. They take out the Beale City Aggies 24-6 to punch their ticket to the state championship next Saturday from Ford Field in downtown Detroit. Obley 24, Beale City 6. Yeah, just an outstanding performance. 58 carries on the day for the Bearcats, winning 24-6 against their uh, out-of-county rival, yes. Beale City. They've been waiting for this matchup. They get it and win handily on a neutral field. Ubley 24, Beale City 6 when all said and done. The Bearcats win by 18 points from Mount Morris, Michigan, returning to Ford Field next week. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. When we return, we'll have all of your post-game action. We'll have Kendall Anthes tracking down Eric Sweeney as well as a number of players as we're headed back to Ford Field for the second year in a row. Ubley 24, Beale City 6 on the WLW Sports Network, your home for high school football. 
The Elmwood Bearcats are headed back to Ford Field. They take out the Beale City Aggies 24-6 in commanding fashion over the Aggies. Their first victory over Beale City in three attempts. And now we have Kendall Antis standing by with Eric Sweeney, the head coach of the Elmwood Bearcats. Coach, congratulations. Heading back to Ford Field for the second year in a row. Third time in four years for you. How does that feel for you? <laughs> Feels great. I mean, it's not what I expected. You know, I especially, you know, they came out and played real tough against us and you know, they've been a nemesis of ours and just really, really happy to pull this out. Yeah, what was your message at half to the boys? We got to play like it's 0-0. Zero, zero. Actually, one of the, the kids were saying, guys, we got to play like it's 0-0. Zero, zero. You know, we knew we had to come out and get a stop and just keep, you know, uh, taking the clock down. And I, I thought we did a great job. You know, we made some mistakes today. Probably not our cleanest game we played, but, hey, we got the W, and that's all that matters. So as of right now, it's looking like a rematch against Whiteford next week. What are you, going into that? What are you looking for? Well, it's going to be tough, you know, and I, and I think they're probably better than they were last year. So, you know what? I I guess I don't know what to think. I, I think I'm just going to enjoy this one right now, and tomorrow we'll start worrying about that. Well, congratulations. Enjoy it. Thanks, man. And that's Eric Sweeney, the head coach of the Ugly Bearcats, with Kendall Anthes. Uh, certainly a lot of relief there, getting that monkey off. One of the few monkeys on Eric Sweeney's back as head coach here in four years. Uh, impressive. He's now at 47-5. The head coach for the LB Bearcats. Two of those have come in the state championship losses. Another one in the semis to Beale City. And then, uh, and then two in the regular season uh, in that very first year. Nothing ever since. Brett Mueller ends the day. With 18 out of the 24 points, and he's, it looks like Ken Lanthus has tracked down Brett Mueller. Okay, not yet. Not yet. We've, we've lost Ken Lanthus, as usual, in the crowd. And so, just an impressive day. Ubley 24, Beale City 6. Dave Hansen, why don't you go through the scoring plays here? Yeah, we could do that, Clark. Starts off with a Seth Maurer 36-yard touchdown run in the first quarter. Mueller PAT is good. But Beale City would strike back quickly with a Jack Fussman one-yard touchdown run. The extra point snap was low, and it failed. Albee still leads 7-6. to six. Brett Mueller would catch a 35-yard touchdown pass. His extra point is good, extending the lead 14-6. to six. And before the first half is over, Brett Mueller downwind nails a 54, that's right, 54-yard 54 54 field, field goal to extend the lead 17-6 to six at the half. In the second half, just one score. It's Brett Mueller again, this time 20 yards on the catch for another touchdown of the day, extending that lead and the final of 24-6 to six over Beale City. And speaking of Brett Mueller, he's staying by with Kendall Anthos right now on the sideline. Down here with Brett Mueller, Brett. You accounted for 18 of the 24 points today. How does that feel? Feels great, but I, I, I scored the points. I'm not the one that got the ball down that far. I'm just playing my part being the cog in the machine. Well, that's awesome. 54-yard field goal going out there. What were you thinking? Uh, I knew worst-case scenario they ended up on the 25 or on the 20-yard line. So, you know, there was really there was nothing stopping me. I just went out there and did what I do. I kick them in practice all the time. It was just executing. Awesome. Going back to Ford Field for the second year in a row, how exciting is that? It means everything. We've, we've worked so hard, un, unbelievably hard this season. We want it real bad. Well, good luck next week. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, Kendall. That's Brett Mueller, who, like Kendall said, 18 of the 24 points came by Brett Mueller. Dave Hansen, 
I have a little bit of a, just a soft spot for kickers. Well, soft spot for kickers, you know that. But I just, <laughs> I, I'm getting sick and tired of no one taking credit on this dang team. <laughs> I just want one person on this team to say, "Hey, I did a good job." It was because in. It, how many games in a row have we heard? It's the guys in front of me. It's it's everyone around me. It's the team effort. I love that. My goodness, that will never get old, and I think that's what makes this run so you, special. Yeah, you have to work on your sarcasm because I almost yeah. believed you there for a second that you were sick of it. But that's the culture, man. That's the community. You guys got and, eyes on that, Seth that, up there. That's what makes this a team effort. Uh, this team, this community, they all buy in. They all know what they're coming to see. They're coming to see a ground-and-pound offense that wants to run the ball like they did today 58 times, ground out the clock, not allow extra possessions for opponents, and just what squeeze them out here? and win these games, even if they're in close contests, but win these games based on running the ball, blocking, tackling, Try again. I can't and hear simply you. just yeah, no. dominating what are we time possession. As for Beale City, they have had absolutely nothing off. happen for them today. 77 yards on the first play, 148 total on the day. Just to kind of piggyback to that defense of Ubley. They give up a big play right away. It, it's completely cut out. Doesn't happen again. Beale City can't get anything going. They complete their first pass of the game. They're one for one for seven to finish the game with an interception. Just absolutely nothing going in the passing game. This defense is for real, and if they can continue to make play-action passes working off this running game that does so dominates so many opponents, they can be dangerous next week and seriously take Ottawa Lake right to the wire and a chance to win next week. And we have Seth Maurer standing by with Kendall Anthes on the sidelines. Down here with Seth Maurer. Congratulations to start, but what was the message going in to today's game? The message going in was this, this is the revenge tour. Beale City's had our number. We were 2-0 two, two on them in the last five, four years, I think. And now it's, we just want to come back and get revenge on them. Yeah, so next week, looking like we're gonna, you're going to face off against Whiteford. Looking forward to it. What are you, what are you going to tell the guys going into it, and what's the game plan? I'm going to tell the guys we have a chance to win a state title. I mean, that's all there is. Plus, we play Whiteford, so we get a chance to get revenge on them, too. It's it's nothing but we got to keep grinding. Yeah. Uh, back-to-back years going to Ford Field. I mean, it's just got to be exciting, right? Yep, sure is. Well, congratulations. Thank Enjoy you. this one. All right, thank you, Kendall, on the sidelines there with Seth, Seth Maurer, the leading rusher for the Old Bear Guys today, 19 carries, 114 yards. And a score as Kendall Anthes is now going to try and track down Evan Peruski. Looks like he's right there uh, as the quarterback. 47 starts in his career. Impressive numbers all the way through. And going back to Ford Field for the third time in his short career of just four years in high school, heading back to Ford Field. Kendall Anthes. Down here with Evan Peruski. Evan, congratulations on the win today. So this makes that you'll be heading back to Ford Field for the third time. How exciting is that for you? Um, it's pretty cool. You know, obviously, you know, I mean, the ner- when we, when we, you know, obviously when we get there, the nerves won't be as bad. But playing at Ford Field, obviously an NFL field, it's it's amazing. Uh, bright lights, but you know, it, it, you know, it'll be cool. You know, th- we've been there twice, so yeah, it, it'll be pretty cool. You were three for three for seventy-seven yards and two touchdowns today. What was working? Um, couldn't be in with my legs. I mean, obviously I'm getting back from hamstring injury. I've been dealing with all year and all summer. So, you know, we tried to run outside with me a couple times, didn't work. So, all right, you know, like coach said, all right, you can't be in with your legs, but you can be in with your arm, you know, because obviously they're expecting us, you know, running, you know, they'll run me outside. They weren't, um, they obviously weren't expecting, you know, me to pass it. So, you know, pass game was open. So 
you know, we just kept doing it when we could. Yeah, so going into next week, what's going to be your message? Um, Got to leave it all on the field. It's obviously our last game. You know, it'll kind of a revenge game, but, you know, not we, we don't really like to call it that because we respect Whiteford. They're a really good team. So just to go in, we got to go in prepared, uh, practice hard all week, and, you know, just leave it all on the field. You know, no, win or lose, it, it'll be cool to be there. Yeah. Well, good luck next week, and congratulations. Thank you. Thank you, Kendall Anderson. There we go, Dave, again. We don't like to call it a revenge game because we respect the Whiteford program. There's that respect thing again in, in the, the team effort that we've been talking about all, all day long here with the Elbow Bearcats, all season long. Yeah, with the, the I love it. Our local, team, so cool. our, lo- our local teams have have mixed mixed it up with Beale City a little bit more than we have Ottawa Lake. So uh, a, another match against them might change things. But Beale City is a team that just that, that perennial team that always finds themselves. It seems like right here, and it's uh, kind of where the line has ended for a lot of our local yeah. teams. To be totally honest, and, and they've gotten the Bearcats the first two times, but not this year, not this time. Um, we we saw Beale City play against Harbor Beach, and it's pretty clear. If you're a physical football team, you can handle this Beale City team. And because Harbor Beach is physical, Ubley is a whole nother level of physical. Yeah. We've seen that because those two teams have faced head off, head head on. No different than like your Lakers, your Cass City. If you can play physical, you can beat some of these teams that seem to be bigger, seem to be faster. But for the Ubley Bearcats, it's discipline. It's taking care of the football. It's grind and pound right up the middle. And when they least expect it, Evan Peruski hits them big over the top. Those big splash, splashy plays move the chains. And today. They score touchdowns for this team. It's time for one more short break, and we'll return in two minutes to wrap this whole thing up from Mount Morris, Michigan, as it's a jovial day once again for the Elbow Bearcats, improving to 13-0 as they defeat the Beale City Yankees 24-6 to punch their ticket to the state championship game next Saturday. You're listening to the WLW Sports Network. We'll return in two minutes. Final score, Ubley 24, Beale City 6. The, Be- the Beale City Aggies are the nemesis of the LB Bearcats no more. Ubley punches their ticket to the state championship game for the second year in a row in third time in four years. It's the first time that any team in the Thumb area has gone in back-to-back seasons since USA did it. In 2004 and 2005, I do believe. I'll take a look exactly what years those were, but it was... It's been nearly 20 years since that's happened last, and the Albany Bearcats certainly looking for state championship title number one. Seth Maurer led the way for the Albany Bearcats. 19 carries, 114 yards, and a score. Averaged six, averaged six yards per carry today, carrying the ball 33% of the time. Cannon Peruski and Luke Vollmering each with 70, 17 tackles. Cannon Peruski ended up with 74 yards. Luke Vollmering at 71. What was that? 17 carries. Not tackles. 17, 17 carries. It felt like 17 tackles for Kanabruski, <laughs> who had four tackles on the day. Kanabruski, 17 carries. Luke Vomering, 17 carries. 74 and 71 yards, respectively. And Evan Bruski, five carries for a loss of one on the day. Through the air, though, Evan Bruski was three for three for 77 yards and two scores. Both scores going to the hands of Brett Mueller, who had two receptions for 55 yards. Ryan Lehrman, one reception for 22 yards. That was the entire offense for the Bearcats today. Just a meager and measly 30, 335 yards on 61 plays, averaging 5.5 per snap today for three scores. The Beale City Aggies, they had 23 plays, so just 38 plays less of offense today on a, for 148 yards. Mind you, both teams had six drives. Beale City 
Had the ball for 11 minutes and 33 seconds. Ubley, 36 minutes and 27 seconds. 76% to 24%. And the most impressive stat, Ubley, 14 first downs, 4 for 13 on third downs, but 7 of 7 on fourth downs today, Dave Hansen. Like I said, it's a credit to Beale City's defense. I mean, they they at least forced Ubley yes. Bearcats seven yes. times to convert on four plays instead of one, two, or three plays, right? So the, the game plan was there defensively. Offensively, though, they didn't have an answer. They, they busted free for 77 yards on the first play. And after that, I don't know if they come up with another 77 yards. That's about maybe 80 yards the whole rest of the game. 81 uh, yards the rest of the game. Th- that's it. I mean, they couldn't come up with anything, and, and – that is a credit to the Bearcat game plan defense. They they were just unstoppable today, and their passing game looked, their passing defense looked a lot better. And Evan Peruski, man, I mean, like I said, he's playing on a different team that throws the football even eight or nine times a game. His passing stats could be outrageous because this team runs the ball so well, and I'll say it again, and I think they're going to have to do it next week. Establish the running game, and then you have to work in play action. Work it in a few more times. Work it earlier in the downs. You can't worry about falling behind the chains because with Evan Peruski, another week to kind of work on that to hamstring. When he does those play action rollouts, yeah, the passing game was there, but he's got the ability to just scramble to the sideline and get a few yards and keep and keep those drives going. And he's kind of the X factor there. When I look at this game, I, I see 250 yards on the ground. I don't think they'll have trouble running the football, but it's the three for three through the air for 77 yards that are just decimating to a defense because a lot of those came on the few times they did have third down and medium or, or even fourth down, yeah. they come up with that pass to Ryan Lehrman to keep their offense on the field and run out the clock at the end of the game. And I can't do math. The rest of the game, Beale City had 71 yards. So over half of their offense came in that first play with 77 yards. The rest of the day, 71 yards altogether. Probably with 58 carries for 258 yards and a score through the air, 3 for 3 for 77 yards. Jameson Latham led the Beale City Aggies with 7 carries for 95 yards and a score. Jack Fussman, 3 carries for 18. Caden Smith, 3 carries for 3 yards. Josh Wilson, 1 carry for 2 yards. And Lane Gross, 1 carry for 2 yards. Fussman through the air, 2 for 6 for 28 yards. Caden Smith, 0 for 2, including 1 interception in the passing game. Lane Gross brought in 1 reception for 28 yards. Caden Smith, the other, for no gain. Obley was led in tackling by Cannon Bruski with four, Aaron Weber, Luke Vollmering, Devin Geiger, and Aiden Kohler, each with two tackles. Luke Vollmering, one of those, was a tackle for a loss. Colin Ozdowski with one tackle as well. Bennett Gildy and Josh Wilson, the middle linebackers for the Beale City Aggies, they accounted for 24 of the tackles today, 24 of the 54 tackles between Bennett Gildy and Josh Wilson. Kane Hooks with seven, Jack Fussman six, Jacob Posh five, and Weston Anderson four tackles. So Dave Hansen. Thompson Chevrolet player of the game clearly is Brett, Brett Mueller, Mueller, who accounted for 18 of the 24 points for the Elby Bearcats, brought in two receptions for 77 yard, seven, uh, 55, 55 yards of the 77 yards, and then uh, three for three, no, three for three on PATs, and then at a field goal as well. Correct. Uh, with a 50, 54 yard yeah. field goal. Not just any field goal, a 54, 54 yard field goal. Which puts them the state. All-time record for longest field goal made in in high school history is 59 yards. He's at 54. That puts him in the top 10 for longest field goals ever in the state of Michigan. We're seeing quite the story career from Brett Mueller. And, of course, we'll take absolutely no credit for it as, as we continue on to the road to Fort Field. You said it best, and absolutely, it's Brett Mueller. It was, just, it was his day today. Like you said, that, that 54-yard field goal, that, that to me, that really took the wind out of the sails of Beale City. I don't think they believed that anybody on this field kick it that far. And Brett Mueller made it with ease. And uh, leave it to this running game, the offensive line. 
it's it's one large unit that works together. And if one piece falls down, the other guys pick them up. And that's why you see the respect and the giving credit in other directions. And, uh, again, that's why this team is successful. They get along well. Anybody can beat you on any given day. And today it was Brett Mueller's day catching the ball. And, again, just otherwise it's Seth Maurer, Cannon Peruski, Luke Vollmering on the ground, combining for 250-plus yards, grinding out the clock. 76% of the time we were on the radio today, Ubley had the football. <laughs> that's crazy. That's, that's how you control a game, dominate a game. And I don't care what level, what where you're at, uh, state semifinal or not, you have the ball that long, 36-plus minutes. Uh, that off, that other team is just getting wore down on defense, and Ubley did that today, playing Ubley football, winning Ubley's way. And so now it's on to Ford Field. Cancel your Thanksgiving plans? Well, frankly, you don't need to exactly, as the game for Division Eight normally on Friday, that has been pushed to Saturday due to the Penn State-Michigan State game on Friday at Ford Field. So the MHSA playoff state championship games taking place on, fr- on Saturday and Sunday at Ford Field. Division Eight is the first one out of the chute. That is Saturday at 10 a.m. will be the first game, which will be featuring the Ubley Bearcats and the Whiteford Bobcats, a repeat and a rematch from a year before when the Ubley Bearcats fell to Whiteford 26-20 in a game that came down right to the last minute. Yeah, Ubley had the ball last and a chance to win. Uh, there wasn't a lot of time, but... Again, that, that was a very good Ottawa Lake Whiteford team. We're expecting another very good Ottawa Lake Whiteford team again next week and uh, potentially one of the, hopefully one of the best football games we've seen this year. So we'll be on air beginning at 9 a.m. from high atop Ford Field or as long as our whole crew is allowed in. Yeah, we have some game plans there. Uh, last year we had to boot out Dan Banky and Kendall Anthes. We smuggled in Doug Cole into the background into the shadows of our booth, even though the booth was... Frankly, bigger than this entire press box here today. Uh, but when uh, how do you know, how do you know I, that? I don't sure. know that. Well, I remember from the last time we were here when we were inside the press <laughs> box. But that's a that's a whole different story. As, I, di- uh, I digress. I digress. That's the that's the the quote of the day and phrase of the day is I digress. You can as, you can you can tag this broadcast as I digress. I digress. So Dave Hansen, uh, we survived uh, outdoor broadcast. <laughs> we were in the stands today. Uh, in the middle of November, and it was a great one. A great atmosphere around us, great weather, and the LB Bearcats victorious. Yeah, it was definitely different, uh, but I do like the, uh, as we refer to it as the college game day feel, yeah. uh, sitting outside with the crowd all around. and uh, It was awesome to see our local team win, and hopefully they got one more in them next week. And like I said, looking forward to canceling some of my plans to go over to Ford Field and uh, watch another game there. It's always a privilege for us, too, and we're, uh, we're just very happy and proud of the LB Bearcats and the job they did today. So, Dave Hansen, final thoughts from... Mount Morris, Michigan. Hey, it's good to be back. Uh, sorry, I missed you guys last week. Yeah, it's but good it is, to have you it back. It's good to be back. Uh, felt good. I thought the energy was great. And except we, we survive all the uh, hiccups and uh, <laughs> things along the way here too. So again, very good. Uh, well done by the Ugly Bearcats. Uh, offensively, defensively, special teams dominated the Beale City Aggies, a team that had a thorn in their side. And good job by them. Congrats to the uh, to the Ubley community and uh, buy your tickets. Go see your team play at Ford Field. They have a real chance to win next week. And we're again, they can call it not a revenge game, but it's a rematch of last year's state championship and wouldn't have it any other way. Today's game was brought to you by Thumb Sailor and Agar Valley Services, DS Services of Cass City, Kinetic Radiator, and Air Conditioning of Maddox, Randy's Hunting Center. Of Maddox as well, 269. Guns, North Star Bank, Guiding the Way, Countryside Transportation, here on Auto Parts, McVeigh Insurance Agency, the Bayport State Bank, Zinger's Migalski Funeral Home, Harbor Beach Community Hospital, the Michigan High School Athletic Association, Ubley Motor Service, Insure Health. Better health, better life, are you sure? So on behalf of our entire broadcast team, our intern from Northwood University and sideline reporter, that'd be Kendall Anthus, Dan Benke, coming from work. <laughs> All the way, making it just before game time, our spotter, best in the business, 
without a doubt. Doug Cole coming from Livonia, Michigan for us today. Our director of sports information. Keep track of all of our stats. Dave Hansen, in-game analysis, returning after a week off. Good to have him by my side once again. And my name is Clark Ramsey, producer and host of this broadcast. We hope you enjoyed today's game. As I always say, and it's hard, again, not to enjoy a game and feel like today. The Ugly Bearcats punched their ticket to the state championship and now will take on the Whiteford Bobcats to try and remake that game in a different outcome. It's Ugly and Whiteford in the state championship next Saturday. Coverage starts at 9 a.m. from Ford Field. Go Bearcats! This has been a presentation of the WLEW Sports Network, powered by Agri-Valley Services, on Sports Radio 102.1 FM, and live and worldwide at WLEWsports.com. Like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. Just search for WLEW Sports. Your home for high school football is the WLEW Sports Network.